You're listening to a Sim Media podcast. Ladies and gentlemen of the rock and roll, punk, prog, hardcore, thrash, and heavy metal community, my name is Jason and this is The Great Metal Standoff, the podcast that pits music's greatest albums in track by track combat. It'll be the first time during Imran's tenure on this pod, but it will be for the third time in standoff history. Metallica and Megadeth lock horns in battle again. Back in the very early episodes of The Standoff, I pitted Metallica and Megadeth's best and worst albums against each other in two separate battles. This one is unique in the fact that The Black Album and Countdown to Extinction are the best-selling albums by both bands that are going to go head-to-head in this special battle on our special 30th episode. Both Imran and I really enjoyed doing a battle with Matthew Gregg, pro wrestling content creator, best known for Botchamania and host of the Cultaholic Wrestling podcast, over a year ago for our Faith No More Angel Dust vs. Nine Inch Nails Downward Spiral episode, an episode I would highly recommend checking out once you're done with this one. We reached out to see if there was any interest in a round two, and happily, he came back to us with a very enthusiastic response. Not only was it just Matthew that dialed in from Newcastle-upon-Tyne of Her Majesty's United Kingdom this time, but also his wee fat dog, and Catboy headphones, and of course, happy formative memories listening to Metallica and Megadeth. I'm excited for this battle, and I hope you are too. So let's have a listen to the rules and see what lies ahead. Every album battle will be contested in track-by-track format by our podcast panel. Each individual panellist will select a winner of each pairing. The winning track receives a point to that individual's tally score. Tracks on albums that go uncontested can receive a tally point if a panellist awards it a gold star. Once the battle is over, the album with the highest tally score will receive one grand point for that album. If a panellist tally score results in a draw, both albums will receive a half grand point each. And finally, the album with the most grand points will be declared the winner. The gold star rule will be required, and it only adds to a main event level clash that really just sells itself. The Black Album vs Countdown to Extinction. Metallica versus Megadeth 3 on the Great Metal Standoff. Imran and I, we were really excited to be chatting to Matthew again. So time to hear how much. Over to Imran and Matthew, roll the audio. If you like a lot of heavy in your music, join our pit. Imran, Matthew's back. Yay! He's back. What a lovely intro. I love your headphones. Oh, thank you, Imi. I love your massive metal hair. Thank you. I grew it myself. Oh, good to hear. Speaking of hair, and we're talking about Metallica, Matthew's done a Metallica circa 96. Oh, Marsh Pit. <laughs> so well. Yes, you're quite right. Yeah, I'd, I'd had, I had all the haircuts. Part of me is a little bit disappointed you didn't keep it because it, it did suit you, and then you just go, oh, I'll just shave me heed. That, that, I said it like that as well. Thank you very much, pal. Um, yes, thank you very much for that. I did have big, long hair beforehand. Uh, the only thing was uh, the hairline. Uh, receded quite badly. It was like the uh, production qualities on uh, that awkward sixth album by Metallica. Well, I'd be really great if I remember the f***ing name of it. Sorry about Mode. that. No, oh, oh, the seventh, eighth, ninth, ninth, third. Oh, bastard. Well, I'm not to say the that. The ninth is death magnetic, I think. Yeah, there we go. So We're off to a eight. great start. For the first start. hurdle. We're getting it out the Metallica. way. Metallica. I don't know about... Metallica. I don't know. 
dude, don't worry about your receding hairline. I reckon you look fine, personally. <laughs> I can't tell, at oh, least from the Zoom you. screen here. So. Well, you're very complimentary, but it was all I could see whenever I saw myself on Zoom. It's like, so, Matthew, you seem distracted. What's up? Oh, I'm just thinking about Vince McMahon. <laughs> all right, is he in your head? Because he might as well be. But yes, no, thank you very much. <laughs> Last time I was here, we discussed Nine Inch Nails and Faith No More, two amazing very contrasting yet similar bands but this time you've picked two very similar very competitive very uh you know rival riffish uh, it's about bands. as similar bands as it gets not to not to uh hang on let me just say that again hang on. oh i've lost my train of thought just a minute uh -huh. <laughs> see it's spreading it's gone it's death magnetic it <laughs> let's just go inside baseball for a second imran and i didn't pick this battle you chose this battle, Matthew, to peel behind the curtain. When we got in contact with you, we left a short list with you, and this is the one you picked. It was. You are quite right, sir. Yes, okay, apparently you're peeling back. We're showing how the sausage is made. Just that little um, bit. Yeah, that's absolutely not a problem. I picked it because the Black Album, I know it's just called Metallica. I'm calling it the Black Album. Everyone calls it the Black we Album. We all are, yeah. Uh, thank you. Uh, was it's, it's weird how... My opinion and uh, perspective on it has changed compared to when I first listened to it way back when, when I was a little small child. Now I'm a little small adult. It's interesting to see just how I've discovered more about Metallica, uh, what they were and have since become, and now my opinion of this album. Some of it's changed, some of it's similar. It was actually nice to just go revisit that. And also listen to an album that I wasn't that familiar with, to be honest with you, before you sat me down and told me to listen to this, um, from Megadeth. Really? First time, or is it just familiarizing no first time listening to this uh, whole album with wow. megadeth i listened just purely uh the 80s stuff you know uh, just because my friend had lent me his albums at, at college wow good old ollie what, what are he's doing now they're probably in prison somewhere actually now i think about it yeah he let me um so he used to sit next to me in english lit and he lent me him and i was just like wow there's there's three guitars going on there's the main guitar the bass and dave mustaine's voice Works. Let's get it out. This third instrument. Before you go on, Matthew, what, what do you think of his voice? Me. What do we all think of David Stain as a singer? Ah, uh, Matthew, you go. No, no, you go with me. I, I've been talking too much. Uh, no, that's really all I have to say. Ah, uh, so uh, he, look, he's good as moments, but he also has his other moments. It's a bit, it's a bit of a mixed bag. I, that's all I'm going to say. I don't want to spoil much. I've, I've got lists. I've got notes. You know, it's going to get into it. Yeah, I agree with what he said. It's some of, sometimes his voice really complements the song that he's doing. It complements the guitars and the mu uh, musical instruments. And sometimes it works really well with what he's singing about. And sometimes it's it's almost like Daffy Duck <laughs> uh, giving li uh, Abraham Lincoln's speech. You know, it's like this. These are good lyrics, but the delivery is just you know. Me and my mate again, it's a perfect example. Holy Wars, the punishment do. What a song for guitar enthusiasts. Oh my god, it builds up. It's it's very good. It's a sludgy song. And then the sorry, there's a guy cleaning my window right now. I'm pretending to not acknowledge him in case he sees my headphones and goes, What the fuck is this guy doing? <laughs> um and uh that's why it's so sunny. But then he uh It's oh, really distracting him, listeners. <laughs> I didn't know that <laughs> Two seconds. this is wonderful uh house service in Newcastle. Nah, he's, time, he's doing the thing he's doing a little these thing of like going, I'm just pretending he's not he doesn't exist. Speaking that's fine. Matthew's imagination. I've lost my train of thought completely, but it's, there was a good, good reason for it this time. Yeah, so Holy War is supposed to do. Fantastic, like, well builds up, starts off slow, trudge it, and then that final, like, quarter, da -da 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 -da, and stuff like that. And it's amazing, staggering, and I do like it. But me and my mates still laugh. If we're at a club or whatever, I'll be just bored, and we'll look at each other and go, hey, what? Hey, what? 
They killed my wife and my baby! <laughs> Do you get that same feeling when you even listen to Hangar 18 or A Tornado of Souls? Because they could fit that same criteria. Oh, no, see, no, Hangar 18, it works fantastically. Possibly I see too much. Like I say, that's what I mean. Sometimes it works beautifully and it's a, a perfect tag team. It's, like the, the, new age it's the curse of Dave Mustaine. He, he's only good on 50% of his songs. But, but how well, how much of a compliment to his guitar work that despite him being inconsistent at best, again, lyrically and uh, vocally, he still go, yeah, okay, that ain't too much. But I'm still going to listen to the song and love it just because of how good the rest of it is. Is Rust in Peace your favourite Megadeth album or would it be something? You said 80 stuff, so so far so good. So what? Peace sells? Yeah. Where, do you, where does it lie? Yeah, that, yeah, those three of the three, uh, I'd say Rust in Peace. Agreed. It's it's Classic. Yeah, it's when you get, it's those rare albums where you get the, the first two songs and you're like all right do i just stay with these two or do i just keep on going because i'm already sold to be honest with you because but i yeah so what about yourself uh well Same. rust in peace again actually the very first ever great metal standoff was master of puppets versus rust in peace terrible podcast oh. please no one for the love of god listen to it. it's uh, a dreadful one the first one's always the worst ones don't always worry about the it. worst but rust in peace it's on another level it is on another level no doubt about it but from Rust in Peace through to, let's say, Cryptic Writings, I would say, that's that golden period where Megadeth were untouchable. They could they hit the same general mass appeal that Metallica did with the Black Album, which we are going to talk briefly. My first impressions was Countdown, Ex- Countdown to Extinction. Great album. Uh, I'm listening to it now, and uh, I'll reveal a bit more as we go on, but Metallica, the Black Album, well, I mean, it's the one that, that you know has made metal such a important a piece of rock history, I guess, in run. Yeah, I mean, re-listening to this, I was surprised re-listening to both of these albums, actually. I don't know, I haven't listened to either of these albums in its entirety in a very long time. Same with me. Yeah, I, and just by re-listening to both of them, I was surprised how many songs I did like and I didn't like. Yeah, not to spoil too much, but it, yeah, it was an interesting re-listening. And um, just like even songs that I was very familiar with, songs um, that I was not so familiar with, that I was like, oh, this one I slept on. That's good on me. Um, yeah. That is, yeah, that is such a, it's a strange dynamic too, because it's, it's the first one, it, Metallica explode after the Black Album, I mean, it's single upon single upon single, hit after hit after hit, but at the same time, there's, it's this weird dynamic of Metallica fans, yes, once you pass Dyer's Eve, you're done, don't move on, but I think, I think Imran <laughs> and I have gone on record to say, beyond Black Album, we're fans of Load, we're fans of Reload, we're not ashamed to say it, but, and the Bob Rock effect, god, that production's pristine. It is crispy. I agree with you. you said there's, there's plenty of great songs on Load and Reload. Uh, it's a shame they weren't on on the same album, but there we are. I might actually follow that up with a question of you. And also, since we got Matthew back here, I, we should actually, actually just clear something up too. This is a bit of an indictment on Imran and I, is that last year Metallica celebrated 30 years of the Black Album and we didn't do the Black Album versus Countdown to Extinction then. Yeah, we which are is, terrible people. We're terrible people for doing that. Luckily, we are recording in the wake of Countdown to Extinction celebrating 30 years, and here we are on episode 30 uh, with probably our favourite guest that we had last year. This is said oh, to be thank you. maybe one of our best battles. So I think waiting a year worked, Imran. You know what? We'll just have to see how this goes. Uh, I'm excited, though. But now we're celebrating 30 years of Countdown to Extinction and Metallica are the away team here. It's going to be like Essendon's 150th anniversary celebration against Carlton. Metallica are going to be Carlton and ruin it, probably. Matthew, do you understand that reference? No, but I smile politely. <laughs> Say it again. It's an AFL <laughs> reference. We'll leave it at that. Oh, I love the AFL. Who's my favourite team? 
We'll find out after this show. Keep listening, listeners. But we have the Botchamania Man on here, and we do actually have something resembling Metallica in his content here. So, so I've got to ask you this. <laughs> the long-running oh, yeah. gag... The long-running gag, I am the table. When someone doesn't go through a table in wrestling, Botchamania is going to pick that up and you're going to hear, I am the table. That's off the album, the godforsaken Lou Reed Metallica album, Lulu. Matthew, I'm not a very courageous man. Have you ever mustered up the courage to sit through Lulu from start to finish? Yeah, yeah one time. Really? One time. I was, I was like, I went, all right, because I'll watch like, Bad, not bad TV shows, that's a commitment, but like a bad film. Okay, all right. Because like 10 minutes, 15 minutes in, you're like, this is a pile of shite. But I'll listen to it, I'll watch it all the way through just to say, all right, I'll, I won't have any more curiosity to come back to it ever again. Listen to it all once, just one time, just because I'm thinking it can't be, right? Maybe it's one of these albums where they do this for a bit and then there's a good song or you can go, yeah, that may have sucked, but this, no. It was exactly what you'd expect from the first song onwards, but now I know. Now I know. You're going to make an informed decision by listening to all of it. It's a thing. Uh, oh, yeah, it's not like I was, you know, jogging. Actually, it would be a very good idea if I was doing that because I'd just jog faster. <laughs> Trying to run away from, from the music. Yeah. <laughs> Imran, are you brave enough to have done it too? I tried. I, I actually tried once. I got maybe... I, I got to the song about the table. I laughed. I listened to the next song, and I'm like, I physically cannot listen to this, so... I You're both braver men than me, then I have not done it. But I've, I've listened to that Botchmania gag plenty of times. Yeah, thanks, James. And and, and Lou, I guess. It, it sucks, though, doesn't it? Like, uh, you tell bands, like, bands, it's such a weird and interesting thing to see. Like, okay, how can we carry on? We don't want to make the exact same album again, but we have to experiment. Okay, we get f***ed on if we do this, the same stuff over and again. And we get f***ed on if we experiment. It's so great. It's like wrestling as well. It's like, oh... We're sick of this headliner. All right, here's a new star. They suck. Go away, Austin Theory. <laughs> ah. <laughs> uh, I think if there's one thing bands could learn from um, trying to experiment is that don't get Lou Reed. <laughs> Try someone else, maybe. Man who gave us metal machine music. I've not listened to that, but I, I was about to say. Yeah. <laughs> I, I try. Never mind Lulu. Try. You have to commit to listening to that in one bit. Metal machine music. I've got a uh, don't worry. I've got a piece of paper that reads Mafu recommends, so I'm going to put that down. Metal Machine. Metal Machine. <laughs> number one. That's number one on the list. Oh, yeah. My... Immediately after this podcast, everyone go listen to that. Uh, track number three is certainly better than track number four. Is that how they'll named it? Like, one, two, three. Final question before we get into it, and it is about Matthew. I need to follow this up because we talked about it last time, and I just have to. You did share with us that you bri- briefly tried learning the harmonica. How long ago was that, and how ah! long did that last? <laughs> I was like, oh, six. <laughs> no, you know how bad it is? Because that was, um, was about my parents' house, and they've recently gone through a thing where they've got rid of all the just the shite lying around. You know, you have a family house, you have stuff. There's just shite lying around. They went, all right, we're getting old. We need to get rid of all this shite. So I got rid of, like, VHS players, CDs and stuff, and just things that hadn't been used in ages. Four by three TVs, Nintendo Wii, all the stuff that's just been accumulating stuff. My parents are like, is this worth anything? We're like, I've no. still got a Nintendo Wii. Bless you. I told my parents, is this, uh, people play Wii still? I went, no. Is it valuable then? It's old. I went, no. I bought mine <laughs> last year for a tenner. It's not worth anything. I went, all right. And one thing I noticed was not there, was the harmonica. So God knows what happened to that. That's, a, that's another dream gone. Damn. It magically vanished. But how long did you try learning that harmonica? Was it just that one time, or did you actually try oh. to it for a bit? Oh, it was a good uh, good few weeks of um, waiting to use the shitter. 
All right. Well, don't want to be that. You know, here in England, if you wait to use the toilet, and the door's shut. You don't just stare at the door awkwardly. You got to pretend you're doing something. Otherwise, it's because you can't be like, "Yeah, I'm waiting to use the toilet like a normal human being." We're not like that. We're very insecure over here. So it's like, I don't have so a whenever smartphone you... yet. Hey, look at that! I can. Yo. Oh, da, 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 da. oh, you're out the bathroom. Well, seeing as you're finished, I might as well, you know, have a look. If the so whenever still you there. practice the harmonica, was when you were just about ready to. To drop one in the toilet. Yeah, so thank God it was only for a few weeks because if I kept on going, it'd be like every time I hear a harmonica, I need to run the toilet. <laughs> Pavlovianed myself into shit. <laughs> oh, that's that's the word. That's what I was trying to think of. Can't get past the credit sequence of uh, the good, the bad, the ugly. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you need to be sitting on the toilet to watch that. Yeah. Matthew, for the love of God, it's a three and a half hour film and you've shit twice <laughs> and the credits are still on. <laughs> I hope that's just your question. (laughs) More than I'll ever dream of. Metallica versus Megadeth. Ring the bell, timekeeper. Let's begin this one. Black Home versus Countdown. It'll be a competitive one. Let's go. But, Jesus. Enter Sandman versus Skin of My Teeth. Talk about a mismatch. Now, Imran, we always start with our guests in recent times, so we're going to let Matthew start this off. But before you make any comment, Matthew, there is a big, massive African elephant in the room here. And that is Enter Sandman. Uh, how do the lyrics go again? And what does a specific ECW wrestler do in his entrance that you tried? Nah. Why are you to Yow himself, Mr. The Sandman, who, funny enough, did not use Enter Sandman as his original theme to begin with, despite using the name The Sandman. He used, um, what's that song that goes, You wanna be a big shot, duh, duh, whatever. But then he turned, you know, evil and also cool as hell. So I come out to Enter Sandman, smoking his tapes uh, with. Nancy Sullivan, and yeah, take, wait, hang on, it took him this long to figure out Enter Sandman, the last thing, uh, and he obviously just waits, uh, he started off just as a normal entrance theme, then it progressed just come through the crowd, not just smoking his tabs, but also having his drink, and it would wait, he would just wait there, and he would have his, he had his face tattooed on his arm here, so when he would just raise his hand like that, you'd see his face here, and his face here, because that type of person the Sandman was, and he goes, it's just, um, Hush, little baby, don't say a word. Do, 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 never mind that noise you heard. He's just there. It's just the beast under your bed. And then he'd have a can open, get a can here. In your closet, in your head. Psh, like that is spurt out. Kids getting covered in this. Adults going, what's happening? And you're going, yeah, exit. Like, and that was great. And that'll be the highlight of this match. Can you <laughs> give that a try on a podcast one time? I don't know what you're talking about. Um, <laughs> yes. When I was uh, first, first I did the Call Like Podcast, it was with Pachiti. So it was like, a, you know, a lion podcasting with a gazelle. Um, we were talking and he's just like, can you do that, Matthew? And I went, of course I can. He's like, I've never done that before in my life. And uh, just peer pressure. All I thought was, all right. Because we had a can of, what was the can? Oh, we had that um, sponsorship for, well, I don't have it anymore. So then I'll get the plug. But yeah. Can you do that, Matthew? I'm like, all right, of course, Pachiti's not going to do it because he talks to other people who are doing it. That's why he's the boss. Um, and all I thought was, I've never done this, but I don't want people to think that I can't go, eh, like that with a cow in my head and be a weak person. So I didn't even assess the situation. All I'm thinking is, okay, all right, it's all it's all levers and stuff, isn't it? It's all uh, that. That's what Archimedes taught us. So as long as I get that right, it's fine. So I was like, yeah, okay. And now I'm doing the lyrics in my head. Forget it. And, went, and he's going, do it. Do it. Stop stalling. Says, no, no, I'm doing the Sandman. Do the Sandman. In your closet, in your head. And without thinking, the top half of the can with the little 
thing still on it. I go, uh, 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 and it did not, uh, didn't even move. It did cut my forehead open. I started bleeding on a podcast. Do you have a scar there at all? It's, it's kind of gone now, but no, okay. months afterwards, you could see it quite clearly, quite clearly. Like, yeah, that's the podcast scar. Yes, grandson, I got that in the war. <laughs> Me and that one can. It was a quite dramatic battle, a battle of uh, 2018. Um, yeah, and that was uh, that was popular for a bit. But then people were like, you should do it next podcast. Because no, I'm not doing this every single week. <laughs> that's been the podcast. Good night. And that's that's the reason why Matthew is picking Enter Sandman. <laughs> yes, and that and that, ladies and gentlemen, is why Enter Sandman pick. I mean, it's hard not to pick Enter Sandman. It's it resets the tone of the rest of the album. Metallica, are they a commercial mainstream band trying to be thrash or they're a thrash band trying to get away with being as mainstream as possible uh hey is that the sandman to answer none of these questions and still keep it up in the air you have to listen to the rest of the album to figure out the rest i guess you know it's they really nailed the insanely catchy chorus section of their careers here metallica they'd really established that by this point to if nothing else so and the sandman will live in our heads rent free until the end of time it's such an amazing song. I am sick to death of hearing it. It's only songs I can only listen to at a club if I'm with mates. Because it's like like any great song. If you heard it a million times, you're like, all right, enough with the Sandman. But at the same time, it is still amazing. It's almost like it makes the Sandman the most threatening sounding he's ever heard. Considering the, the uh, ever's been sung about. Considering the other song was Mr. Sandman, bring me a dream. Bom, 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 bom. This is like the song where he's about to get ready to fight Sandman. In the last episode of the anime, um, which I'm not saying is a negative, it's just an interesting take on things. Uh, but yeah, it's Enter Sandman. What more can you say? We'll see if Imran's got a case for uh, Skin of My Teeth. Uh, look, it's not so much a case for Skin of My Teeth, more as a, I'm really, really sick of hearing Enter Sandman. Like, it's it's probably the only song that'll, like, if it comes on, will make me physically just like, just go, oh, God, not this song again. <laughs> Holy crap. Like... It, like, it's a good song. I, don't get me wrong. There was once upon a time I reacted positively to hearing Enter Sandman. I, I thought to myself, wow, this is a, this is a cool track. I, I enjoy listening to this song. And now, you know, you, you just find yourself in a situation where your co-host is like, hey, we're doing a podcast with the Black Album and Countdown to Extinction. And I'm like, yeah, good idea. And then the first song of the Black Album is Enter Sandman. And I'm like, oh, I have to sit through this song. And it's all yeah, my that's fault. why I'm picking... So what... Are you actually going to spite Enter Sandman just for that? The repetitiveness of overplayed nature of it? Not because of anything musical, not anything, not some catchy lyrics. It's just the repetitive, rep- repetition, Look, I can speak. It, it's a good song. That's the thing. I, I'm aware it's a good song. I, It's got a cool riff. It's, you know, the intro is way too long. Um, the solo is kind of cool, I guess. The, you know, the chorus will get stuck in my head for hours on end. I, I like the little part in the middle, the hush little baby, don't say a word. Um, I'm still not picking it. Skin of my teeth. Okay. Let's get, look, skin of my teeth is a cool song. You know, I, I like the chorus riff. It's got that cool descending kind of riff. I could imagine, like, this is like a Dio song. Um, it's a pretty killer solo as well. When you say Dio, do you mean something like this along the lines of a stand up and shout kind of song? Structure? Yeah, it kind of gives me that that kind of vibe just like um yeah like e- even just kind of that era like holy diver just kind of the faster paced stuff that um that they did kind of gave me that that kind of feel 
I'm surprised you say the intro's uh, too long. I think that's one of the best aspects of it, the build-up. You know, do-do-do-do-do, and then there's another wow-wow. Dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun. Yeah, it's like, the, the, yeah. the films have taught us that's what you hear when there's a shark about to bite your leg off, you know. Yeah, a fair warning in yeah. advance, so. No, I'd like to think the intro is one of the best things about it. Well, that's fair enough you said that. It's such a complete metallic song. Screw you, Imran. Enter Sandman. <laughs> <laughs> Matthew, what are you doing? I, I knew this was going to be a hot take. I so. totally get it, though. Yeah, one of the most overplayed metallic song. Actually, maybe second most overplayed metallic song. I think there's one more that will probably top it, mostly because of the type of song that it is. But, nah, Skin of My Teeth, it's reasonable enough, but just as an opener, uh, as a, you know, a signature... Let's begin. Nah, Enter Sandman, man. But skin of my teeth, it's fine. I'll, I'll say that. It's fine. Definitely not going to be in a top three, but I don't know. Just fine. Fun riff. Yeah. Loud and clear bass. But, yeah. Yeah. I, skin of my teeth. I was prepared to be like in run and be like, all right, whatever. I'll give it to any of the songs that uh, Megadeth have and just be like, haha, because it's not overplayed. But this is not one of the songs that's better than the Metallica song on this album. Skin of my teeth. I put Dave Mustaine's voice sounds like when you record something in reverse and play it forward. Uh, <laughs> Nice, simple song without much nuance. Theme of the lyrics that was still somewhat down to earth and relevant to the listeners, which I think Dave would move on to later on. Um, I feel... <laughs> I relate to the lyrics sometimes when I forgot to bring a coat and it starts raining. Uh, I would rock <laughs> out to this if it came on the rock club, but I would not go out and search for it. No, that's a good point. For all your reasons there, Enter Sandman, it, I'm just reiterating there. What are you taking, Matthew? Enter Sandman, I mean, it's one of the reasons why I want to do this podcast because it's like... I listened to this album as a kid at college and was just like, wow, this is it. This is so great. Yeah, my dad said this. And then later on, much later, I got Master of Puppets and Ride the Light. And it was just like, oh, okay. I'm like Andy from Toy Story. I'm like, I don't need you anymore, Black <laughs> Album. Oh, I realize this is what you guys used to be like. But to me, that's like, doesn't necessarily mean, you know, with age becomes, you know, a bit more understanding of life and stuff like that. That doesn't mean that in the Sandman, as insanely of a player it is, is any less of a banger. And I don't want to be too cool for school and go, yeah, pff, I don't listen to the Sandman. No, I would have done that at college. I absolutely probably did that a few times. But now, mature, of course, it's in the Sandman. I'm in the boat where I, I am sick of Enter Sandman, but I can go, I'll go a year, maybe two, maybe even three years without hearing it once. And then I'll come on and I'll go, ah, yeah. There this you go. Nice. That that's kind of what I've become with the biggest hits of some bands. Speaking of maybe, biggest maybe hits that's by what some I bands, Sad but True versus Symphony of Destruction. I would have been very oh. very curious if Symphony of Destruction went up against Enter Sandman. That would have been a very interesting battle. But I think yeah. there is no better battle than Sad but True versus Symphony of Destruction. Go, just based on how similarly structured they are, the biggest hit by Megadeth versus. When Metallica play live, they go, do you want something heavy? And then they'll bust that sound. But true, it's arguably their heaviest song they ever wrote. I guess you could make a case for things like things you think that should not be, maybe even a harvester of sorrow. But I'm coming around to that idea that Sabbath true is the heaviest that they've ever written. Do you think so? It's up there. I wrote in oh, my notes that um, sad but true is like a sequel to harvester of sorrow. Oh, okay. Yeah. Kind of gives me that vibe. Um, this is the toughest two songs I think I've ever put up against each other. I I want to give points to both of these, purely because these are both amazing songs. But I can't do that because stupid rules of this stupid podcast don't allow me to, so... Um, <laughs> help! Uh, well, uh, Sad But True, he yeah, super heavy. They do some, and they, and they leave you with some teasers, they leave you with this silence that just... It's like gripping... It's, you're being gripped by the balls, let's put it bluntly, and then bang, that massive solo. And, hey, hey, I'm your lab. It's just plodding heavy chuck. 
Symphony of Destruction. We'll r- I'll rag on Dave Mustaine a lot in this, uh, his vocal performances on this album, but Symphony of Destruction is that one where he's at his best vocally. Yep. I completely agree. Uh, I'm going to be maybe weird. I'll, I don't know. I'll stand, of course. I've got the little cat, cat ear headphones. I don't care about being weird. But uh, Sad But True, I never really rated that high as a Metallica song. It's The structure's okay, but it's, as you said, plodding. And I guess maybe there's been times in my life where I've been like, hate, hate, I'm your hate. I'm not want to take you there. Now I'm in my 30s. I was like, oh, wait, man. All right, it's all good. Um, again, if this came on the club, I'd be like, yeah, okay. But it's, I'll be like, yeah, hey, remember when we were like young, angry men? Now I'm past my prime. It's like, I prefer, uh, I'm going to get a lot of hate here. I don't, I don't care anymore. Um, I first heard Kid Rock American Badass and I loved it and I still like it. And that comes on and I love it. Dance out and look like an idiot every t- single time. And I was like, wow, he's Kid Rock. He really is rocking. I mean, listen to this guitar. And I found out like, no, he doesn't even rock. That's a feel like no, you sampled it, Matthew. You sampled it. I'm like, but his name's Kid Rock. <laughs> I mean, come on. Did Biker Undertaker have any influence in that decision? Oh, uh, absolutely. Yeah. How could he not? The American badass. Watch me kick. You can roll with what you can radio edit. So I thought it was more interesting. So when I came to Sad But True, I'm like, it's just this song. Like, just, just, da, 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 slow, slow, plod, 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 plod. Slow, 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 and it goes on forever. No, I, I, I've never really rated it that high because it's just the same thing over and over again. Whereas Countdown Extinction, yeah, Symphony of Destruction. What did I say? <laughs> Who's typed this? Who's typed these notes up? It's bloody rubbish. <laughs> yes, what, what you said. Botcher mania. Clap, 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 clap. Continue. Symphony of San, Symphony of Sandman. Whatever the hell the song's called. Uh, <laughs> very catchy riff slightly ever so slightly faster pace um the lyrics uh what dave mustaine does a lot during this period very broad strokes about various bad american things Ooh, politics and greed the cops are bad um very much on a like mystery nwo very the broadest of strokes talking about the bad things in america but yeah as you said sometimes his voice works sometimes it doesn't absolutely works here dance like a marionette and uh <laughs> and then actually there's a little bit later on of actually right where it doesn't quite work it hit as hard as the rest where he goes did you try to take his balls before his head explodes but that bit aside the rest of the thing works really well you know when the earth starts to rumble where powers fall all that very very beautiful in its aspect and i also it's past way past the post just the fact that the live version which I wasn't aware of until I did this little uh, research fest for this magnificent podcast that we're participating right now, is in Argentina. Mega when they hear the riff, death. they go, death, yeah, mega, mega death, death. go, mega, mega death. death. I'm like, that's awesome. I love it when um, like the fans get to sing along. Uh, like the live version of Fear of the Dark by Iron Maiden is the only way to listen to that song. And also uh, the Angels... Am I ever gonna see your oh, face classic. again? Which I'm not gonna say because it's a PG friendly podcast, but have you heard that? I was really crappy because I've, I've heard that song for so long because, you know, you're Australian and it, it's always on Gold 104.3. And then you. Oh, drop, is it always on? You drop. <laughs> yeah, 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 that's yeah. just ingrained into our culture down here. <laughs> but for the longest yeah. time, I never knew what the when, band or the song was called, so I was really crappy. When, when you're born, they play that in the, uh, the hospital. <laughs> it's a boy <laughs> no way get f f up 
But yeah, Symphony of Destruction, it, uh, I do understand where you're coming through from, Matthew, about Sad But True. I, it's not a song I'll seek out frequently, but I'll, I'll, I will defend its merit till the cows come home. But Symphony of Destruction gets the point. Imran, I want to get your view on the solo, please. Marty Friedman. I met Marty Friedman a few years ago. He came to, uh, came to Melbourne. A good man. Well, I was with a few mates, and they said we look like brothers, so that was a big honour for me. Um, yeah, I just wanted to just wanted to brag about that. Uh, Symphony of Destruction. Man, this whole song is just... It, like, I'm, I'm at a loss for words. That's how good this song is. Um, I mean, straight from the get-go, you've got the symphony at the start, right? Like, you're kind of set in the mood, and then there's this super, super catchy evil riff coming in with the bass chugging. You've got got the vocals we harped on about that before De- easily probably the best on this album of uh dave mustaine chorus is catchy as hell all the riffs in it just hit they all flow nicely it all works i love the halftime part they do in the chorus as well um when they drag it out a little bit um yeah like you said the solo insane um it's i don't know i feel like personally it's one of those songs you you just gotta listen to it, it speaks for itself Sad but true. On on the other end, Un- unlike you, Jason, I will seek this song out. If I'm listening to Metallica, I one one of the first few songs is yeah, sad but true. Totally of course. Um, one, I I honestly reckon they should have opened the Black Album with this song. I don't think they. I, th- I think they should have just scrapped Enter Sandman and just put Sad but True right there at the start and made that made that the song. That is the song that I that. In an alternate reality, I'm I'm gonna say, oh, I'm sick of this song. I've heard it too many times, you know. But this is not that reality. I freaking love this song. Um, I I love the chorus specifically. How in the background there's the guitar parts that kind of sound like strings. Um, probably my personal favorite Kirk Hammett solo. Um, yeah, I don't know. Some something about it just just hits every time. Um, it's just heavy. It's just I I love the slow prodding plodding heavy songs and this is one of those that I every time I hear it I will start banging my head wherever I am. I listened to this uh, album on the train actually on the way to work and I was just sitting there just you know hey I'm your life you know just, um I st- I still haven't decided. Uh, what did you go, Matthew? Is it gonna be Symphony Destruction? Oh yeah, man, Symphony Destruction all the way. Yeah, I've joined. I've joined you in that regard too. So we've tied our scores up. Uh, there's not much else oh. I can really say because I agree with both of your points to a large extent. But yeah, yeah, Symphony of Destruction for me. Come on, Imran. What do you got? This has been one of our best debates, I would say. But we've got to we've got to settle this one. Yeah, it's like Vader versus Bam Bam Bigelow. They're both very, very similar and very talented. Big plodding dudes. Uh, on, be like be like the Pied Piper and follow along through the streets like the rats. Share the same opinion as the rest. Come on. <laughs> Sad but true. Screw you, Matthew. Ah! <laughs> We're all tied up. One, 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 one. You one. trying to take my balls? I don't want to burst your bubble here. I think the tech, the lyric is actually try to take his boss, but no, yeah, balls is way better. I think oh, is it? I'm pretty sure it's that. You try to take his boss, oh. but, I mean, it's Dave Mustaine. It's easy to mishear I that. try to take his balls before his head explodes. Boss does a rhyme of explodes. City Dave. Does balls rhyme with explode? I guess. If, if you sing it like Dave, yeah. Uh, yeah, true. Holier Than Thou versus Architecture of Aggression. Oh. I Holier Than Thou is a good song, but God, I do not envy where it's placed on this album. This one's an interesting one. These these are both songs that are kind of, I feel like, placed in between two 
really good songs. Uh, like they're almost placeholders for for the album. Um, like they're both cool songs, but like you've got where where they're placed is in both of them are in between really good songs, um, and like the songs themselves are not as kind of standing stand out ish. Is that, is that a is that a saying? It's not. Um, as the songs that are in front of them and behind them. So I'll I'll go to a larger extent here, uh, Imran, because this is kind of what I noticed when we did uh, Number of the Beast a number of years ago with a couple other deaths. Imran wasn't there for this one, but we did Number of the Beast and we got to the song Gangland. And Gangland was initially at the time it was going to be either that or another song that made the album. Eventually, Iron Maiden went with Gangland. But well, you see where it's sit. It's sat in between Run to the Hills and Hallow Be Thy Name. And before Run to the Hills is Number of the Beast. How in the hell is Gangland supposed to stand out when you got those three songs in between it? Holier Than Thou, we've just come from Enter Sandman and Sabatru, and look what's coming up. Come on, Holier Than Thou is in a lot of trouble here. Yeah, uh, I mean, it's it's a cool song. It's one of those songs you kind of chuck on, on a random playlist while you're driving on like a empty desert road or something. It's the close, and it's also probably the closest uh, pre-Black Album sound uh, Metallica have because it's that it's the most embedded thrash. I think there's another one later on that has that kind of sound too. Uh, yeah, it's just got the Bob Rock production it's, to it. Yeah, I thought um, the vocals, like for for what the song sounded like, the vocals are a bit kind of overproduced. Like there's a lot of harmonies and like ad ad libs here and there that kind of stick out um, in terms of like what the song actually is um there's a weird kind of or also um harmony riff in it that kind of sounds iron maiden-esque speaking of um which yeah i I feel like kind of stood out as well um interesting song i it's not one i generally seek out when i listen to songs off of the black album um same with architecture of aggression honestly um the only thing that really saves this song for me is um the, the melody in the chorus, I think, is pretty interesting. Agreed. Yeah, so um, probably the only thing that stood out on this song. I liked the breakdown. That was cool. Um, the riff was like, it's it's like a standard, you know, thrashy riff. The drums over it, I thought, were kind of boring. Didn't really work. I thought they could have done something a bit better with that. But um, yeah, probably we'll pick Architecture of Aggression for this one. Ah, I'm a much bigger fan of Holy Than Now than the pair of you, so that's absolutely not a problem. Uh, everyone's got an opinion, everyone else stinks apart from your own. So I actually liked the overproduction of it. I think I made it stand out more than it would have done without it. I like the Beastie Boys-esque, you know, judge not, you know, the two people singing at once. Either Beastie Boys or MC Hammer, whatever your point of reference is. Yeah, yeah, you be judged yourself and all the rest. I think the lyrics and singing work well here. And I think this is one of the standout things of uh, doing Metallica versus Megadeth head-to-head during this period of time that sums up the differences between the two bands. Uh, Metallica are really good at summing up a feeling or making something seem personal and summing up in the form of a nice, punchy song, three or four minutes. Uh, whereas Megadeth are more into broadly describing that something that happened or is happening that's bad most of the time, and even if you don't care about it. Like, Megadeth couldn't do Holier Than Now without making it about an event that happened or a specific person or anything like that. Uh, but Metallica could do Architecture of Aggression. But if they did do Architecture of Aggression, they wouldn't do it about, oh, this thing happened one time. They'd do it about the perspective of the guy looking up and seeing a bloody big American bomb about to drop in his head. Um, instead of Dave, you know, reading a copy of the New York Times article about it over a funky baseline. So 
it's interesting. I like Holy Than Now. I think it's a little underrated song. Uh, I heard the story that Bob Rock wanted this to be the number one single from the album over Enter Sandman. I heard Sandman. that too, yeah. Good call, Lars. Uh, Lars was right uh, on that one. Yeah, well done, Lars. Ugh. Okay. All right, that's <laughs> 1 to 99. It's, it's getting, close by the, getting close by the day, Lars. <laughs> so I like it, though. Yeah, you are right, though. It's uh, the Ginetti first half of the album. Try to follow those two, you know, uh, two Shawn Michaels is, is, that we just started off with. And there's two Shawn so Michaels coming fun. next. Uh, I, Shawn Michaels everywhere, but yeah, right? That so must have bad. killed you to say to talk about that, knowing how much of a fan of Bret Hart you are. Yeah, I'll, I'll thank you, pal. Well, no one ever says, oh, the Jim Anvil Nineheart of the team, so... <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, I'll take you a question. Uh, the riff's very punchy. I think it really keeps the song together. It's the butter on the big uh, song sandwich. The... The lyrics don't really go along with what he's what they're trying to do with the riff. I feel it. I feel like they're almost trying to fight each other. They, the riff's overshadowing the lyrics, and Dave's trying to tell you about all these horrible things happening. And you're like, I'm just trying to have a good time, mate. Just trying to enjoy the song. <laughs> you're making it a bit awkward, to be honest with you. You like that guy where you had a party, you know, you're talking to a nice person, you're like, oh, something might be happening there, and someone comes on because I've seen that thing on Twitter, and you're like, can you go away? Can you? Uh, you're killing the vibe, mate. So I think if, if, if a bit more work. Architecture of Aggression could have been a much better song than it was. It's all right now. It's not bad. I mean, the, the riff is very good. But the rest of the song doesn't really... It, it's almost like, it's the again, fighting amongst each other, which uh, is not the spirit of the band. So I'll say Holier Than Now. That's my pick for this little battle we've got going because all the band are working together as one. I'm going to disagree with a couple of points you were making on Architecture of Aggression. Just oh. I think it does blend together okay, but I never said Holier, I never said I, Holier Than Thou was a bad song or like I'm underrating it. I'm picking it. It's, it is a tremendously nice song, but I'm just saying in between what it's got. But I think for a lot of the points you raised there, Matthew, that, that actually reaffirms as to why I reckon Holier Than Thou is going to be my point. So we'll have it at that. So that's 2-1 Metallica for myself and Matthew, 2-1 Megadeth for Imran, and on to the next one. And that battle is the Unforgiven versus Foreclosure of a Dream. I'll start with, we'll start with Imran here. Uh-oh. Oh, man. Look, this is another very tough one for me because the Unforgiven, this is probably the first Metallica song that I was ever aware of. Yep. I hate this battle. I love both these songs. The, yeah. The Unforgiven, it's, this is another one that's kind of overplayed for me, but it's, unlike Enter Sandman, this one's got a place in my heart. Like, I... From when I started playing guitar, this one, I spent hours upon hours learning this whole song. Mind you, I don't know how to play it now, but back, you know, six, seven years ago, I I could play this for you, no worries. Um, it's, and even, even now, whenever I listen to it as well, even though it's kind of overplayed a little bit, I'll still, like, sing along. I, like, I love the intro, just the, the Western feel, um... Just the, the little in the background, whatever that is that's, that's doing the, the weird clickings. Um, the guitar sounds, the the acoustic guitar. When the verse comes in, it is so heavy. It just, it's it's like you're being hit by a train, honestly. It's insane. Um, the clean vocals. This is probably, probably the first time in, like, the Metallica discography you get proper clean vocals from Hetfield. Um... I, I like the little acoustic solo before the big solo. Um, the whole song is just a, a big journey. And you, you get to the end, it feels like you're ending on this big positive note. You've got this nice, like, con- these country chords coming through. You've got the big lamenting from James Hetfield. Fades out. You're just like, oh, what an experience. 
not to cut you off, Imran, I've never seen, I've never interpreted that ending as a positive note, but when you introduce the country chord kind of thing, I see what you mean, because I don't think that ends very positively, but it ends cathartically. And I can totally relate to what you're talking about learning how to play this song. I don't talk about it much, but yes, I did play a small amount of guitar in high school, and in year 11 for uh, Bands Night, that was the song we played, The Unforgiven. I even introduced the whole band and did a silly little intro, and then... Yeah, it was my job to play that. Ah, it's so nice to play. Uh, I, I, I'm surprised you said it's overplayed. It will never ever be overplayed for me. I will. Well, yeah, I like. I say overplayed, but like, it's it's one of those songs you can play it as many times as you want, but you're not gonna get sick of it. It's 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 one of those songs, and and then you've got foreclosure of a dream foreclosure of a dream i know foreclosure of a dream that acoustic intro like it it's got it's another one of those kind of bluesy country things um you got the the lead guitar constantly going over it the the verse melody is really interesting um like they dave mustaine's vocals are dave mustaine's vocals are an interesting one on this because they're not they're not pristine or like they don't fit perfectly over what he's doing but what he's doing also works as well, like, in, musically. Um, like, it's really interesting. Um, yeah, the lead guitar over the verse is cool. I like the clean riffs. They're, um, they're really cool. The The chorus riff um, is really cool. I, I like the, like, just switches to that chugging. I like how the chorus comes in, like, a moment before you expect it to come in. It's like one bar before you expect it to come in. It just, it hits you. And just in the foreclosure of a dream. Um, yeah. Um, I like the the fast riff breakdown thing that goes on like in the middle of that. Um, the solo's cool. I like how it ends. This one also ends kind of on a positive because it ends on like the vocals kind of he hits that note and then he goes down and then goes up a little bit. Ends on this like major note. Which I thought was very interesting. You, like you don't expect it, but it's another one that kind of ends, the kind of on a positive note, I guess. Um, but yeah, I. I know what I'm picking, but I really don't like that it is against Foreclosure of a Dream. I'm very curious as to what Matthew's got to say here. You're picking Foreclosure of a Dream. No, I'm picking Unforgiven, hands down. But oh, I, I'm just annoyed say, that man. it's Foreclosure of the Dream that is getting trounced on because it's a top three pop countdown to extinction for me. Yeah. Yeah, honestly, Imran said a lot of the things that I agreed with regards to what makes The Unforgiven such an amazing song. He really so, did. What, yeah, what a cowboy film and a cowboy song and also a pay-per-view. Um, and it's one of these songs that I initially didn't like as a kid because I'm like, ah, oh, ballad. Um, and now I realize now it's just the extent, the evolution of James Hetfield as a vocalist and as a lyricist after Fade to Black and things of that nature. Now it's a really mature song. Um, about, you know, not fitting in society, which I guess musicians know about and can still relate to even when they're being really crazy successful, like Metallica were being at this period of time. And yet, now as you get older, maybe a few younger as well, you can really fit in with the song as well. So lyrically, that hasn't that hasn't aged at all, which you can sadly say the exact same for Foreclosure of a Dream, because, yeah, that lyrically, that song will never age because of all the issues we're going through. And there's a... Uh, Still relevant and even more relevant, maybe possibly that was in 91, 92, uh, then, yeah, the last few years of human existence in the Western Hemisphere. Uh, so, again, Unforgiven. The solo there is, I mean, 
my favorite Kirk solo, I would say. Just I'm glad you said it. It is easily one of his best. You mentioned um, James Hetfield, uh, yeah, the evolution of James Hetfield, this song. It's also an evolution of Kirk's guitar playing. Do you know the story of the solo, Matthew? Oh, I don't know. So apparently, I think this comes from the Year and a Half in the Life Metallica documentary. Kirk had the solo ready, and he's playing it for Bob, Rock, and Lars. They're in the recording studio, and he has it ready, and they're just going, nah, nah, you need it. You need to do this, do that, and... and Kirk's like, oh, he gets a bit pouty-faced about it, and you know, this doesn't work for me, and they cuts to a shot of Bob Rock going, and the first lesson in Bob Rock's school of production, how to know when your guitar player hasn't done his homework, is when they say, this doesn't work for me, and then it cuts to Kirk going, this just doesn't work for me, and he, and Bob Rock <laughs> is literally talking to Lars going, he needs to put some effort into this solo, he need, come on, he needs this, and then Kirk goes, well, how about I do it this way, and they're going... All right, go ahead, play it. Give us your guitar of the year solo, you know, guitar player of the year, because that's what, you know, Kirk Hammett is. He's Kirk Hammett at this point. So at this point, you know, Kirk is probably a bit peeved off at this whole thing. All right, fine, I'll play it. Next thing he plays is what you hear on that album. Ah... You know what? I'm really really glad that there was people like this around for Metallica during this period, because I haven't seen Aaron Hart for Metallica, and I have no intention of ever watching it. That clip is a must-watch. Oh, okay, all right. But I've no intention of watching it because I saw some kind of monster. Oh, been... that's a classic. I regret watching that because I did not want to see Metallica acting like that. And it's been very hard to take the band seriously since because it was just like, oh, God. That's... Dude, uh, I just to... don't like the way, you know, man, that the feelings <laughs> you're giving me, you Kirk know. Face palm. Yeah. F, you know, and all this stuff. I'm like, oh, I... I you know, the first five minutes of the medley of um, uh, Seek and Destroy, and like, it's like, wow, they were the best, heaviest metal band in the world in the late 80s, and it comes to what they are now, which are basically four dads. And I'm like, oh, no, no. Like the decline of Western civilization, part three, the Metallica years, bloody hell. <laughs> and I, I, again, I'm so salty foreclosure of a dream I had to go against the unforgiving. Oh, yes, right. That's the point. Yeah, sorry, I went off topic there, but yeah, that it's. They're both really, 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 really good. But you can find the solution in the sky. What have you got, Jason? Unforgiven. What? You, what are you, unforgiven, all three of us. I'm getting the feeling. I have to. The, yeah. I don't have a choice. I've, I've got a metaphorical gun to my head. Jesus. <laughs> it, if I, if I don't pick the unforgiven, this metaphorical person is going to shoot me. So unforgiven, it is. Damn. This is only what you're thinking. This is only what. Sorry. Um, before before old, we move on, by there. the way. Oh no! Wait, 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 wait! Hang on! Hang on! Oh, yep. I am picking. I am picking foreclosure of a dream, uh, just because it means unforgiven's winning anyway. But also for the simple reason that there isn't a foreclosure of a dream part three. That was my <laughs> next question. Or something. That was my next question. What do you think of Unforgiven two and three? Ah, uh, two sucks. Three is good. Oh, screw you! I like all three equally. <laughs> you like two? Yeah. <laughs> No, I, I really agree with that. Imran said three. Three's not a good song. It's just better than two. Yeah, uh, no, I I like three. Three's alright. Three's got a um, killer solo on it. Yeah, uh, three's catchy as well. That that one gets stuck in my head from time to time, and I think to myself, "What is that song?" And I'm like, "Ah, oh, the un- the Unforgivens." Yeah, I've got a playlist on my Spotify that's literally just Unforgiven one, Unforgiven two, and Unforgiven oh, three. God. So do I. It's the whole playlist. Nice. Great minds think alike. Nah, screw you. Unforgiven 2 is phenomenal. So, no, Matthew, Foreclosure of a Dream. Yes. Damn, Damn. I, I actually wrote you down as Unforgiven. Okay, two all for Matthew. 
and and don't listen to him. Unforgiven Two is great. Wherever I may roam versus sweating bullets. Oh, this, this has got to be the easiest. Like track two, right? That was the hardest one, right? This is the easiest. Wherever oh. I may roam. One thousand million percent. Sweating bullets. Meet the real me. Sweating bullets, aka Megadeth the musical. Um, <laughs> it, I, I just like it's you know I was when I first listened to it, it comes in with that real like doomy kind of intro. It kind of sounds like almost like Injustice for All, right? Got the harmonies and stuff. Um, and then all of a sudden it's just da Hey me, it's the real me. Uh, I'm I'm about thirty seconds in and I'm like, what the actual redacted am I listening to? Um, it's it's just kind of it's it's a bit insane, and that's that's a fat skip from me. Wherever I may roam, straight from the get go, that gong hit gets me. That's that's the point. It's just the gong hit at the start. That's that's it. I think it's a bit more competitive than that, Matthew. What do you say? Look, from my room is a banger and a half i mean it's a real epic feel again hetfield so good lyrically on this album make it make the song personal at least understandable uh, about just you know wanting to get around the world and robo wanderer i think he says still i'm figuring out that lyric robo a robot wanderer Roma. nomad vagabond call me what you will a what roma like rome like no nah, as far as me and my mates said he said robo wanderer he's a robot wandering it's a ro- robo wanderer you know what robo wanderer <laughs> so one of those things like clean your, your clean your flats aroma like uh what are they called a roomba a roomba that's just called the flat and it's just wandering in the desert so anyway yeah great look and they played this last night for Rey mysterio jr did they actually uh, to celebrate oh. yeah for his 20 years in wwe which i think is very appropriate because even though he's been with WWE for 20 years to me he'll always be a wcw guy but yeah what an amazing bloody song um I've put down here, Dave, if he had to write this song, would have sung about Romy the Elephant, who George Bush Sr. personally kicked one time in 83. <laughs> um, that probably wasn't worth reading out loud, to be honest with you. About I've Romy missed your analogy. Well, Thank you, mate. Uh, but yeah, Where Am I Rome? Every, again, everyone summed up everything that's fantastic about it. That wow, wow, wow noise that they make of the guitar fits it so well. It just makes everything sound... Right now, I think it's a very dangerous thing, as we're getting to later on, because right now, James Hetfield, everything he's singing about, he's, even the negative songs about being an outcast, like we just heard The Unforgiven, he makes it sound brilliant. Say, like, yeah, I want to be an outcast. I want to be the unforgiving. I dub thee the unforgiven. I'll be an old man, not fit in society, because it sounds like this. I'll be a robot wanderer. That does sound exciting. <laughs> and then Dave Mustaine, sweating bullets. Uh, look, this is one of the ones that me and my friends would laugh at. Again, it's just not helped by the fact that the music video is, as he said, you know, Megadeth <laughs> the musical. Hello, me. You know, look, we know what we get. With him, he, he, one thing I do like about him now, there's too much like emphasis nowadays on cringe or look at this dude type of thing. I will respect the fact that Dave Mustaine clearly is not somebody who appreciates irony or sarcasm. He is, he probably is, he's one of those guys who does that. I, I know people who use subtext and they're cowards types. And this is the best example of it. He doesn't care. He's got the balls to do the song and sound as ridiculous as he wants to. Um, the, the nice chugging lyrics, but you are exactly what Imran said. The, op, the opening few seconds, like, oh, where's this song going? <laughs> and then, and again, it's funny as well because it's a song dealing with schizophrenia, but it's obviously that's a very serious subject of mental health and everything. Does that, doesn't like that. But when Dave's singing about it and the way he's doing it, it's got all the soldier of a hammer to the face. 
Say, it's me, it's me. But again, I appreciate the fact that he's doing it. I do. I mean, it's, I guess a kid would be like, yeah, look at this dude. But, you know, not older, I'm more appreciative of it. However, near chance against wherever my, I may roam. Not a hope in hell. Love you, Dave. Absolutely not. This one was competitive for me because I commend Nick Menz's drumming on Sweating Bullets because that gives you that trundling like prison guard about to knock on the prison cell of the of the, the very ill inmate and they're going You're right, insane. Jason. You can barely hear him laughing as he's doing it. <laughs> <laughs> but I think I think this conversation swayed me to wherever I may roam. It was going to be... I think it was going to be my point all the way. And also the S&M version is phenomenal. Mm. Oh, yeah. I'll agree with you on that one. And I think that is another reason to take wherever I may roam. But I'm a bit more softer on sweating bullets because I, I think Nick Menza does a really good job carrying that one, actually. Jason, I think it was last podcast you said that I could um, I could get Alice in Chains out of any song. Here we go, Matthew. Oh, I do remember that. Yes, you did say that. Wherever I may roam. That, that could be on dirt. Come on. Opinions, oh, okay. Matthew? I don't yeah. know. That's an interesting. Uh, wow. Like not not yeah, exactly. Yeah, but, but like, Jerry Cantrell doing if, his thing there with that. I can I can see yeah, him doing like a very nice cover of that. Chains yeah. Wrote, wherever I may roam, that'd be on dirt, hundred percent. That is a very interesting perspective. Is this where you do every song and hope it is if it's a situation? Because right now you've hit you've hit it right on the head, Imran. Well, I mean, not every song, but like the, the ones that sound Sweat like that bullets. would be. Sweat and bullets. Sweat and bullets. Allison Chains. Come on. <laughs> <That's>... <laughs> No, you know that's what? more for the self-title, I think, that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Don't Tread on Me versus This Was My Life. This is where I start falling off a little bit with Countdown to Extinction. Don't Tread on Me is a significantly more stronger song than This Was My Life for me. What do you think, gentlemen? Uh, I want to hear Matthew's opinion first. All right. Don't Tread on Me is weird because, first of all, it does start off with the riff from I want to live in America, I want to live in America, from West Side Story, which, which it was just like, okay, that's interesting. It's a plodder, it's a stomper, but God, those lyrics. Uh, with Hetfield giving it all, you know, so be it, tread no more. But then it's a bit... The other songs know what they're doing. This song isn't quite sure what it's doing. So the chorus works nearly well. Uh, so it goes, so be it, da, 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 tread no more, da, da, da. all right, we're on this, fine. And then it goes, so be it, da, 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 to settle the score, and then it ends... And there are just way too many damn words in the last line. Touch me again for the words I will hear forevermore. And it's just like, hang on. There's like three words in the other bits. And then you just, you know, he sounds like Excalibur doing the pay-per-view rundown on Rampage. And it's like, okay, that's a bit of a mess. You could have got rid of five of those. I don't know why he's trying to get out the sentence in that last bit. It is a good sing-along song. Now I'm more familiar with American politics. It's just like, oh, wait, what's the song about again? Is this being proud to just be an American dude? Don't tread on me. Whenever I've seen that flag come up in the news on Twitter, it's never been something positive. No one, no one's helping blind kids across the road with that flag. It's always something <laughs> bad happening when that song comes on. So I don't know. And I was one of the songs that's aged badly because they, David State would never record a song like this. He would have hated this song, I imagine. Um, not gonna lie, I wasn't a fan of either of these songs. Um. This was my life. It's got it's got a whole, the Holy Wars riff in the verse. Um, I know what's up. Yeah, um, that that just distracted me the whole song. I I didn't. I was just the whole time Holy Wars, Holy Wars. I I didn't catch the whole song. The only other part I noticed was the chorus, which is the hey, the this is my life. Dun, dun, dun. Um, the riff is kind of cool in the in the chorus. It's kind of like that descending kind of thing. Um, nothing 
particularly amazing, like that that made me want to jump out of my pants or anything. Uh, don't tread on me. Um, pretty much just like a, a an army chant, a war song. Um, probably could have done without the solo because it's a pretty short song. Um, Question for you, Imran. Do you think the start of that solo in Don't Tread on Me remind you a bit of the thing that should not be, which is like that crazy, like... Matthew's nodding yeah, his head, actually. so I've got one on. Yeah. Also, I think it does sound like another song uh, from a title. I couldn't remember which one it was, but thank you very much for helping me with that. Yeah, now that you mention it, it does a little bit, yeah. Yeah, the ascending riff uh, in the verse there kind of reminded me of um, Them Bones. Don't, Jason, don't. Um, <laughs> Every podcast, Matthew. Imran, yeah. have you ever seen that tweet that goes around, that semi-viral, that goes, man who's only seen Boss, Mo- uh, Boss Baby is a film. It's like, <laughs> wow, getting strong Boss Baby vibes from this film. <laughs> I have seen that. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> I mentioned Alice in Chains twice. That's, that's it. I swear I'll, I'll never mention sure. him again. <laughs> and if you want to listen to more Imran Alice in Chains, listen to our Grunge Month from 2020. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man, um, yeah, I, I'm not a fan of both of these. Um, I'm gonna pick Megadeth just for the heck of it. I'm gonna take Don't Tread on Me just for the heck of it. I actually didn't mind that solo actually, Imran. So that's a bit of a disagreement there. But hey, and uh, I, I don't know. I'm, again, I'm a big fan of the, the marching kind of stuff. So will be the, the marching sound music that that's very I, to me. I like it, but like it's I don't know. It didn't work for me this time. I would have, uh, again, you're right, army song's supposed to be catchy, supposed to be able everyone sing along like that, big fan of marching songs, so I can get that, but this was my life. I didn't get a chance to say it, so I'll say it. I'll say it. this one hits very hard lyrically by some of the inconsistent songs on this album, which are just like, ah, the Gulf War. Uh, you know, it was just another day, it was just another fight, words or senses doomed to not be right. I think it's quite one of his um, better songs, just pen on paper from good old Dave. Uh they sort of be talking about grand ideas, but this one feels very isolated and personal, rather like what Black Album's doing. And it, Dave's voice as well complements it very well. No warbling. Straight on. This is like, this is him on the witness stand singing this song. And, and apparently, this song's about Mustaine having wanted to kill someone he had an affair with, uh, but didn't because he knew he'd then go to jail. It's a confession of the madness he felt at the time. And that really comes through with the song. And also the solo that uh, comes in two and a half minutes, reminiscent of uh, Electric Funeral by Sabbath. Oh, and you know, this is my life. This is my fate. One of my favorite songs from this album. So I'm gonna pick "This Is My Life" over "Stompy Stompy American Flag." Wonderful. Metallica. So, and and with that, with a score check, five one Metallica for myself. Matthew three all. Imran three all. Wow. Sweating bullets. <laughs> Megadeth have won me back here through the Never versus Countdown to Extinction, the title track. Who wants Who wants to go first here? Uh, Matthew, you can do it. I believe in you. Very oh, hesitant tonight, Imran. I look. We'll, talk, we'll call them out on Alice in Chains. He's feeling a bit flustered. Yeah. Become Alice <laughs> Unchained, Imran. We believe in you. Uh, through the Never. Again, Metallica summing up all those feelings of wonderment uh, about the concept of space, infinity, and all that. And a shouty, punchy, four minute song. So good, Nayla feeling this album. I don't know what happened to these, these bloody people. They were so good at it a long time ago. I like Through the Never. So it's a turned space type song. Countdown to Extinction. I also liked, uh, I appreciate metal bands singing about things out their comfort zone, outside of killers and things going boom. So Dave singing about hunting animals to extinction, I think was like, oh, okay, this is different. Uh, Dave's voice staying moderate to begin with and getting more and more tense as it goes on, showing off his range. 
uh, like Steven Seagal. Um, very appreciate that because it's not, like I said, Dave, very consistent, but when he nails it, he nails it. So well done for trying out stuff there. I enjoyed both of these songs. Um, like the very, again, you picked a hell of two albums to go against each other because, oh, I'm going to pause my thought and this is what Mr. Imran has to say. Oh, okay. Um, I liked the bass intro on Countdown to Extinction. Um, you got the clean guitars. Um, not gonna lie, Countdown to Extinction wasn't one that ever stood out to me on the album Countdown to Extinction. Um, never, never particularly was fond of it. Um, I, I don't know why. Like, it's not a bad song, it's just kinda, it's, it's there. Through the Never, on the other hand, that is a funky song. That, it's, it's hard hitting, it's, it's simple, but it just, it's straight from the get-go, just chugging, just chug, 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 chug. The verse hits you with that half, half time. The the chorus hits you with the half time. Hits you hard. The breakdown is like the most Metallica thing I've ever heard. It's got that creeping death vibe. Um, through the never easily for me. I think Matthew made a good point of uh, Mustaine. Yeah, he got it right on Countdown to Extinction. And there's that build that he has about it. I, I'm a big fan of um, Friedman's melodic phrasing going on in the chorus during the all gone all that all but one i'm getting the lyrics wrong i'm a bit like matthew here when he's trying to do anti Sandman on a podcast but <laughs> can't, I, I think it's actually marty friedman that gets uh countdown to extinction my point in this one through the never i actually just i passed it off as a kill em all riff with bob rock production uh, through the never i don't reckon this no. would have gone on kill em all no not kill em all but i mean twisting turning through the never god that's fun that is exceptionally fun. Yeah. Was that will be? Yeah. Mm, hype. Yeah. Just play this speed uh, song at higher, higher speed or pitch. Maybe it'll be there. But nah, I can't even imagine that. Who am I kidding? Um, what have you got then, Jason? Countdown to Extinction. That'll be my point. I'll say through the never. I like Countdown to Extinction. It's a very good metallic. Uh, sure. Mega Death song. But shut up. But um, through the never, I like. I like a lot. Like a hell of a lot I can put on that anytime. Yeah. Not as punchy as the ones, but it's just, yeah, the feeling, the vibes it's, it has going for it. It's just fun. Yeah. I'm getting the sense you're most underrated on the Black Album, probably. Uh, yeah, maybe. Or have we not reached it yet? Because I reckon, for me, I haven't reached it yet. But no, my, my underrated one's not there yet. I've got mine's coming up. Okay, wonderful. Next up, Nothing Else Matters versus High, spe- versus high Speed Dirt. I can definitely speak. Nothing else matters. That's probably another one where you could say overplayed to death. But uh, and, yes and it's another song sorry. I could go probably three or four or five years never listening to it. But then it will come on. I'm going so close, no matter how far. Ah, uh, there's just this. Ah, uh, there's this comfort about nothing else matters to me. So uh, I, I'm quite happy for both of you to trash it because that's fine. It's the softest song they ever did, and you know, love ballad Metallica must be a bit strange, but eh. Nothing else matters. No, I've is... always got a soft spot for that one, even though I can go years without listening to it. It is very certainly a strange song. It's not. It's not a bad song. This is another one that, after the Unforgiven, I tried learning on guitar back in the early days of when I actually used to learn songs on guitar. Um, it's another one I could play the heck out of. Um, not now, obviously. Back in the day, yeah. It's I. I'm. It's another one that I'm sick of. Um, I, I realized I was sick sick of this song when I uh, heard it at work randomly. Someone was playing it at one of the one of the fruit stalls at Queen Victoria Market, and I was like, "Oh God, that's that's Metallica." Um, and my immediate yeah, my immediate reaction to that was, "Oh, okay, so I do I, I don't like this song anymore, I guess." 
Um, it's it's not to say it's a it's a bad song. It's you know it's very well produced. I I think all the guitar layers are cool. They've got like even like a Mellotron or something in the background or a synth. I don't know. Um, I re-listening to this song for the podcast uh, made me realize that even even in the slow the slow love ballads, Hetfield will always sing like Hetfield. He like he just sounds like himself. He'll always do his little uh, yeah yeah. Um, little ad-libs and stuff. Um, I don't know if it really fits for Nothing Else Matters. He does a good job for singing on Nothing Else Matters, no doubt, but there's always just that little bit of Hetfield just climbing out and trying to get out of his body. Um, yeah, it's alright. I don't like it anymore. High Speed Dirt wasn't high speed enough for me. Um, it was kind of bluesy though, which I kind of like. It was very fun. It's another song to just like drive to. Um, in the middle of nowhere. Um, the main thing that I absolutely, that just absolutely astounded me was the, the random break at the end where there was just some weird clean blues licks. Like, it just made me stop and just go, why? Like, actually, why? But, um, apart from that, I'm probably going to pick High Speed Dirt. Wow, I had nothing on that song, so that's, that's shocking to me. I, yeah... What, yeah, it's, it's why fun, did they do that? Why is that there? It doesn't add anything I to it. I don't know. It Yeah, it, it genuinely... like I think I paused the, the music after that. I was just like... I had to think about that for a second. Like, why did they do that? It was fine. It was it was a fast-paced, heavy blues rock song, I guess. Um, I don't even remember how it goes. I'm still going to pick it. That's interesting. Uh, I would love to have been one of those dudes who would bought out the black bought the black album and was like, oh boy, more Metallica in my life. Yeah! My mates who all got pretty looked like you two, basically. Yeah! Got the leather plaid and all that stuff, all the patches, you know. Got like Motorhead 91 and one of them, Summit Wickham Festival, all this stuff. And all this stuff. And then, all right, there's a battle on the album. It's all right, lads. It's all right. They get one. Fade the black and all that. <laughs> and then carry on going, hold on, hold on, lads, lads, stop, stop. There's two ballads on this album. <laughs> they're no longer Metallica, they're Kiss. I've actually, I've had a story of um, someone I knew, I think like a family friend who um, bought it when it came out, was like, yeah, Metallica, let's go. And I think they put on the first song, Enter Sandman, and they were like, nah, too slow. Took the CD out of the CD player and threw it out the window. <laughs> you know what? It's a type of metalhead that I, I, I miss. Yeah. You know, when they're around, I can't stand them, but now they're not here, I, I miss them. So under um, 200 BPM? Nah, get out of here. When uh, There used to be a rock club in Newcastle called Legends, and uh, lots of happy memories there. Mostly having a miserable time on a Saturday night because the DJ was really stuck in that like late 90s, yeah! This next song is also about hating your dad. So you go there and just <laughs> listen like some really downbeat mute metal and it's alright. But there would always be a bunch of lads, the first boot to Newcastle, always be a bunch of lads with the plaid and the leather and everything else like that, who would just chant, Man of War! Man of War! Play Man of War! And DJ's like, all right, mate, this isn't iTunes. You know, like, other people are here. This isn't just, this is, all right, all right, all right. And then they'd relent and they'd play Brothers of Metal. And then these guys who didn't do anything the rest of the night would get together in the middle of the dance floor, dance floor much people, whatever. They'd be like, Brothers of Metal, Metal, let's do, and all that. And then they'd be like, yay! And then they'd spend the rest of the night going, play another one! And DJ would just tell them to sod off um, the rest of the night. And uh, yeah, I miss them. And I wish I was there for their reaction to Nothing Else Matters. I don't think it's the the cardinal sin now that with age everything else like that and then making uh, way worse songs later on. The blow has been softened to say the least. I never really disliked it 
as much, but never really liked it compared to Unforgiven, which I think is a way superior song. Um, the solo's nice. Uh, I'll say that. It's a Hetfield solo, if you didn't know. Ah, yeah. I did not know that. He plays um, it on the SNL. You know, I didn't know School. that. Ah, I, I started disliking it more when I saw the music video, where after such fantastic songs as One, um, even the Metallica weird, you know, frame rate video and stuff like that. There you go. This is a metal video. Them in the studio recording it like they're Bon F and Jovi. Nah, nah. Come on, man, Metallica. I love you, but yeah. You're really pushing it now. The the levels are how much I'm willing to forgive you. You really are unforgiven. So nothing else matters. Like you said, don't hate it. If I go four years out listening it and all comes on up fine, but I don't actively seek it. However, uh, yeah, I know sort of a thing about lyrically. Like unforgiven, so good. The rest of the songs, as I said many times, so good lyrically. This one's just moaning. There's nothing. There's not a concept. There's not a, a distinctive emotion or thing to get, uh, grab a hold of. It's just like. Oh, I'm in a bad mood. No, I've done as a ballad. Vulnerable to his lover. That's how I saw that one. Nah. All right. <laughs> nah, cool. <My> <laughs> hey, but high speed dirt, on the other hand, isn't a great song or anything like that. Uh, Fast paced Joker talk about skydiving and willingly falling. You're deaf and how weird that is. Um, just some nice lyrics. Was it energy of the gods? Adrenaline surge. Won't stop till I hit the ground. I'm on my way for sure. Up here in the air, this will never hurt. Like that's all right. That's good. I like that. But then the chorus is high speed dirt, high speed dirt, high speed dirt. <laughs> it could have been the intro to a Saturday morning cartoon about piles of mud that drive motorcycles. Um, so apart from that, there's not much else. Solo's very bluesy, as you said. But I do like the fact it ends with a literal thud. <laughs> That's a nice yeah. little touch. But it's still just a bit of a novelty song. It's my least favorite off both of these albums, honestly, high speed dirt. Nothing. There's nothing to remember from it. I mean, apart from I guess the blues lick break and uh, the, the I think the silence telling the splat. The silence is deafening right now. Telling the story here. I mean, two part solo. Sure, that happened. Uh, oh, I forgot about that. Plucky bass. I've put in my notes. It's all very vague. Nothing else matters. No, nothing else matters, indeed. Yeah, I would sing along the nothing else matters. I would just probably laugh if uh, High Speed Dirty came on. Yeah, I I only sing along to nothing else matters because I know the words. I I wouldn't sing along to High Speed Dirt, but I'm still picking it. So, if he'd sung nothing else matters while skydiving, that no matter, I feel like I'd be at a low no point in my how life. Far, but, uh, <laughs> that that'd be an interesting point in my life. Skydiving to nothing else matters. Oh boy. Wow, what a visual. Wow, what a visual. <laughs> of Wolf and Man versus Psychotron. I don't know how to transition out of that. Of Wolf yeah. and Man versus Psychotron. <laughs> of Wolf and Man. I've got an anecdote, everyone. Of Wolf and Man, oh, one ahead. of my first CDs that I was ever gifted was um, SNM, 1999. And what a phenomenal live album that is. I always skipped of Wolf, of Man, of Wolf and Man on that CD. Why? It goes, Cthulhu, Master of Puppets, of, um, of Wolf of Man. Oh, sorry. Uh, yeah, I think of Wolf of Man is after that, and I'm going, nah, I'll just move, move on, move on. I'm listening to this now, I'm like, I was way too harsh on that. You were. Way too harsh to be skipping it on SNM. Yeah, that's yeah, a great a, version. Yeah. I, I guess I just needed to hear the studio version to appreciate it a bit more. Damn, dude. Yeah, you've been wow. sleeping sleeping on Wolf and Man. And that's not the only yeah, song on this on album that is that I've slept on for too long. Yeah, man. Of Wolf and Man, that's probably going to be my pick out of these two. 
I mean, Psychotron's like it's fun, fun and all. the The only thing that really saves it for me is the the lead solo leaks with with the wah pedal, very very Kirk Hammett. Um, but you know, I'd, I'm gonna pick the real Kirk Hammett here. Um, <laughs> what a Wolf line. And man. Oh, it's good though. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's just, it's just a killer song. It's, I've, I feel like I don't have much to say about it, but it's like the, from the intro, that riff just coming in, I like how the bass kind of comes in with the vocals. So you get that really, really impact, really impact. Yeah. Um, I love the delivery of, um, in the verse, uh, the shape shift. Goes through the um, wind. Shape shift. Yeah. The I like the weird uh, down tempo psychedelic break with the with the riff kind of playing in the background. You get it kind of panning from ear to ear, and you've got the the spoken word and the wolf in the background. Um, the only thing I didn't like about it was I thought the solo was slightly underwhelming. But other than that, killer song, like just menacing. I I want to go down on all fours and just start running on on all of my fours. Just go for it, you know. Easy pick. Uh, Imran's so good at doing this. You just start off every round because he's a great description of everything. Because I either go, that's, that's, that's right, Imran, or go, that's bollocks, Imran. Um, <laughs> yeah, of, of Kirk and Mann. There we go. Back on track after Nothing Else Matters. Just what a banger. What an awesome song. Uh, give me all of this. The Call of the Furries. You know, song about being a werewolf. And it rules. He's going to fight all the... Uh, he's going to fight all the, <laughs> the robot wanderers and stuff from the previous <laughs> It's all coming together now. It's all coming together at the end. <laughs> Uh, just, just a such a, ah, oh, you know, because the the pace really fits the tempo. Of the song just like, uh, uh, call of the wild, dear, and you're right. Oh, just about being a werewolf and having a good time. Shape shifting like the dude American werewolf in London. Back the meaning, back the meaning. Like every bit of the song is catchy as hell. Uh, love it, fantastic. Um, I, I'm disappointed not only at Psychotron but the fact that Megadeth don't have a song that obviously because if Metallica Furries uh was stained after be a scaly song. But I realize he wouldn't have done that unless, you know, Robert Mugabe bombed a frog. So <laughs> instead we get Psychotron, which sounds a lot like Symphony, like structure-wise, riff-wise. But the lyrics are about Deathlock, the comic character. Uh, Dave's voice... Is? Yeah, the the very minor half-man, half-robot, robot-wanderer, Deathlock. Um, I thought it was just about a random... I thought it was supposed to be like a metaphor for, like, a, a soldier or something. Uh, 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 objection, Dave does not deal in metaphors. I don't oh. understand the concept of it. Sorry, bro. Everything he Damn. says is, okay? So that's why I like him. It's one of his major qualities. There's no metaphors of him. It's all literal. Um, his voice is insane here. Possibly disguise the fact that this song is the same structure as Countdown. I think he just goes over the top. just like, pay no attention to that man behind the curtain. Uh, I put, I put air, skippable, bass is good. I didn't have much to say about Psychotron. And it had no chance. There's very little on this album that can come even close to Wolf and Man. So that's why I think about that. What say you, Jason? Oh, if you did, I reckon if the two of you didn't weren't so passionate, I would have gone Psychotron. Gritty riff, heavy groove in the bass. It was an interesting. You like Psychotron? Dynam- yeah, I did. Uh, it was interesting that Freeman doesn't really get a you know a extended moment to shine with the solo. It's more just him responding to whatever Mustaine's saying vocally. Uh, and yeah, you know, I guess the panning psychotron call him psychotron, psychotron, psychotron. That 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 tickled me, I guess, to a certain extent. But then again, yeah, do you know what? You've convinced me, gentlemen. I'll I'll join you of Wolf and Man. I I have slept on that song for way too long. It's confirmed I... werewolves are better than robots. Ah Well done. Done. Well, I like Dave is at his most Dave when he's singing about a copyrighted title, if it's Psychotron or 
Bride of Frankenstein. I will help you. Be my man. He's just, he just goes absolutely nuts if it's copyrighted. So I like the fact that you said there, like, yeah, um, about his guitars and the, the vocals. Uh, yeah, I, I think just like the thing, Dave's voice is almost dueling with the guitars sometimes, like the banjos from Deliverance and having to compete with each other. Brings out the best in one of us sometimes, but not in this song. To, to your point, though, vocally, it's a yay or nay. I'm a bit actually indifferent to vocally Mustaine on Psychotron. No, nah, it's an interesting dynamic, though, to see vocal Mustaine with Friedman doing a couple of licks, kind of just describing the environment that we got, uh, you know, presented to us on Psychotron. I'm a fan of it, so I'll disagree. So, yeah, I'll take Psychotron for what it's worth, but I've slept on Wolf and Man, so I'm going to... You've convinced you me, gentlemen. Well Jason. done. Thanks for that. Oh, you're welcome. Ow. Ow. The God That Failed versus Captive Honor. Oh, man, I love The God That Failed. Uh, now we yeah. get to go in-depth about Newstead. That's one of my favorite bass lines. I love how heavy Jason Newstead plays that bass. Yeah, this song is a pretty particularly heavy one, which is interesting because it's the most, like, country blues riff that's probably... A, like, The Unforgiven is on here, right? But, like, in terms of, like, the, the, the heavy stuff, this is, like, the most blues rock uh, riff you get from Metallica uh, that's that's heavily distorted um, if if the guitars were replaced with like acoustic guitars or something this would just be a country song so I thought that was pretty interesting um, I like the little ascending uh, thing that James Hetfield does in the like I think it's before the chorus that I see faith in your eyes I I quite liked that um, yeah um, my my train of thought just derailed. Can I just quickly ask you on the point of the country? Is it, when you're talking the country, so you're talking about that. Is that where you're getting the country vibe from? It's like the the main riff, the. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, we do like that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's kind of just like that old school blues country kind of style, I think. But it's really heavy and slow, so it kind of fits that you know '90s metal vibe. Especially, it, it kind of gives me, like, that southern metal vibe. Not necessarily, like, Pantera-esque, but, like, in that realm. I liked the vocals in this. Um, I think this song was maybe a little bit too long. It could have been cut slightly short. It's another one that had, like, a weird, clean guitar break right at the end. Just for that last little bit, just the... Dun, 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 dun. I think that one worked a lot better than, say, High Speed Dirt. It worked better, but I I thought it was a bit weird as well. I'm not sure, like, I feel like it it would work better if, uh, you know, they kind of incorporated it in the rest of the song. But, yeah, it definitely worked better than High Speed Dirt. We'll, we'll agree with that. What do you got for Captive Honor, Matthew? Oh, first of all, the God That Failed. I put more like the God That Filled. Um, I don't like it as much as you guys do. It's, it's an R8. It's a second half of the album. Oh, wait, now we're mainstream. We can't do six or eight really big, epic mega bastards. Um, now we have to do, like, 11 or 12 little ones. All right, well, this is one of them. It's going near the end of the album. Um, the pace is all right. The lyrics, you know, I see faith in you. It's okay. It's a very catchy chorus, but it didn't tickle my pickle. Well, it's Hetfield going after the, the Christian science upbringing that he had, pretty much. Fair enough, fair enough, and God love him for that. Not the one that failed, obviously, the one that succeeded. But it's just, okay, cool. We had a good thing going. And now you, you, it's the guy at the party that brings up the acoustic guitar and starts playing songs he's written. And we're like, all right, we'll just stand there and stare at you, I guess. Uh, <laughs> Captive Honor. Where to even begin with this bloody song? Um, I like the idea of the spoken word bit. 
uh, with the, Your Honor, we declare the guard, and all this stuff. But weirdly, I don't know why, Metallica could do that type of stuff fine because they'd know how to build it up, like, in the Sandman or whatever. Instead of having, like, a separate bit or leading up or, like, or some tension, it's just playing over the riffs as normal. And I don't think it, it's almost like they've edited it in post really badly. And I don't think it works. And honestly, if I listen to this album repeatedly, I might be tempted to skip ahead to hear the entire... Because it goes on forever. It does. It's like, all right, we the defendant find the... Like, that's right. You're like, Jesus Christ. All right, mate. And it's not like they're doing it like lyrically as a, you know, with a beat or anything to be part of the song. It's literally just a, a, a skit. They're there trying and to be theatrical. This. And uh, Dave's already theatrical enough. He doesn't need skits. Um, interesting topic for a song. Uh, someone who loves the TV series Oz. Uh, the song is about many, the horrible living conditions in modern U.S. prisons and how anyone who's incarcerated could touch be turned into a sex slave once inside. Uh, bloody hell. Uh, very weird song. <laughs> um, it's weird hearing Dave sing about Bussy, uh, you know, and especially with the, you know, the almost, it, it's a serious subject. Dave's trying to make a rock song with the completely overblown intro that's played for laughs almost oh. with the guy at the very end. Your ass, your soul belongs to Jesus, but your ass belongs to me, and all this stuff. And you're like, oh no, no, guys, this is a serious subject. You're like, you can't have that, and then go on the like, no, no, come on now, come on now, stop laughing. Especially <laughs> the guy, the guy's voice, like Foghorn Leghorn doing the announcing. All right, I say, boy, I say, I say, you're going to prison. You know, all right, cheers. Um, the guitar structure works well, murphing around whatever's been yelling at the second half, but the first half's just all over the shop. Can we take a moment to talk about his power ballad vocals in that intro? Oh, I guess you should. That, oh, that makes me queasy, that. Yeah. That first note I've got on my list here is, oh my God. <laughs> the one that just, failed. Yeah. <laughs> There's only one time Mustaine ever nailed a ballad voice, and it was a two Le Monde and nothing else. Oh, <laughs> I... I... Two Le Monde, yeah, right, right. Two Le Monde works. It's cheesy over top. That's not even all, his all the pieces... language. Like Tool, all the pieces fit in that one time. <laughs> this can't be a comedy, a drama, a series, a documentary. When when I got to this song in the album, I because of the, the other musical song that, that I went past, Sweating Bullets, I started thinking to myself, is this like supposed to be a like a concept album and I'm supposed to be following a story and then we get to the Oh, it's a court date, it's like the wall. That's kinda cool. Right, 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 um, right. Oh yeah. Yeah, but I yeah, this song this is a song on the album Countdown to Extinction. That's all I have to say. The God that failed for me. Thank you, Imran. Join the club. <laughs> Matthew, I, you can either spite Captive Honor by taking the God that failed, or you can just stick to your guns and embrace the, the cringe, I think. I think that's the situation you're in here. <laughs> I hate to embrace the cringe. It's a mountain cringe. But at the same time, it's a mess. This Dave needed a Bob Rock to go, no, 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 no. All right, good, good joke, good joke, take lads. Now go out and do the real song, please. Give this a once over, maybe, but nah. Inside the big house, his nightmare unfolds. Before it gets there, his bad pussy was sold. Like nah, Dave, nah. I'm throwing up the X. This song is dodgy. It, nah. Needed no, but it's serious. Rob, no, Rob but Fox. I would, I would. Gone. Nah, that's a shit joke. Don't worry. Oh, <laughs> Rob. Bo- oh, I see. Rob right. Buck. Metallica. It's not Union Mexican equivalent. Uh-huh. There we go. Yes. Um, yeah. <laughs> but um, I would like to hear Dave doing the wall. Uh, oh God. No. Or even just uh, the, the 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 trial. That's, that's my nightmare. Good day, a worm, you're that's, out of. That's gonna stand be. Stand before the cut. 
for God's sake, if, pick if a song so we can move on. Dear <laughs> Dear the World. Uh, God, that failed. Yes. It's take that. It's a five out of ten song on the album, but it's still better, still better than Captain better than Captive Honor. Wrong. It's a nine out of ten. Still better than Prison. Ah. <laughs> uh, now we're on to a Newstead credited song. My Friend oh. of Misery going up against the closer. Countdown to Extinction. Ashes in your mouth. That's a six minute, uh, I guess, quote unquote, epic. I thought it was all right, but that's another song I've slept on horrifically. My Friend of Misery. Newstead. That bass line. I've slept on that for way too long. I, I rediscovered that song during the whole 30th anniversary celebrations, and I just was reminded, God, that song's great. Matthew. Most overrated song on the album. I forgot about the song, basically, similar to what you said, until having a little wee listen going, come on, I know the Black Album. This is like researching for a test where the test is on breathing. And then it's like, do, 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 do. I'm like, oh. And you sat there, like, you sat there screaming. I'm like, da, 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 da. I'd forgotten. I'm like, wait, I used to love this. Why have I not heard this song in forever? Like, you, you. And yeah, just a wonderful Little shift from the rest of the album, which is a lovely bass. Um, I was going to say almost like Tool, but won't go that far. But, you know, just almost at the same level there. The wonderful, creepy guitar. And then, wow, the lyrics are, oh, are beautiful in this. About, you know, one person just cutting themselves off the rest of the world and just, you know, stood there screaming. I didn't really get this song concept-wise as a kid, but now as an adult, I can absolutely relate to both being the, the person yelling and the person being yelling at. So, yeah. Underrated, beautiful song. And this would be an easy pick. But Ashes in Your Mouth, what a, what a banger this is. Hitting hard straight away. Uh, I think they knew they had to end strong um, after the previous song. <laughs> went, All right, guys. That's right, right, right. But Rob Bock, as Imran <laughs> said, they came in and gone, guys, all right, you can keep that crappy prison song. We're going to do something else. He went, all right. I know. Just really good lyrics. If you're fighting to live, it's okay to die. The answer to the question is, welcome to the morrow. Just come out of nowhere. The riff section at three, four, uh, three minutes in uh, sounds like the minigun from The Predator tearing the forest apart. This is one of their best songs overall as a band. Where do we go from here? I, and I'm like, no, don't make me pick between like Friend of Misery is like an old friend I've forgotten about and just reconnecting up with Facebook or something. And Ashes in Your Mouth just like, wow, this came out of nowhere. Really hard to pick. I don't have to hear what Imran has to say about this. Oh, all right. Um, Ashes in Your Mouth, I agree. Probably a, a top five Megadeth song. Um, it's fast paced. I, I love the drums. I think the drums are the main thing that get me with this song. Um, it's very, I don't want to say wacky, but it's just, it's wacky. It's very Helter Skelter all over the joint. I like how the drums kind of switch up every, I think it's like every fourth bar, they'll do like a different beat and then it goes back to the normal thing. It's so cool. Um, the, there's a lot of time switches as well. So many riffs. So many switch ups. It's it's almost like proggy, like it's it's prog death, me mega prog. I don't know whatever you want to call it. Um, the chorus is just action packed. It's just going a mile a minute. It's like a what did I write here in my notes? I can't even read my own handwriting. Um, it's like ah, it's like a chase scene. That's what I wrote. It's like it's like you're in a car and you're being chased by another car and you're in traffic and you're just destroying everything. That's kind of kind of the vibe I get. Um, the chug riff, kind of in in the middle, I thought was really cool as well. Um, yes, action-packed song. Um, definitely top five Megadeth. Um, My friend of misery. I uh, I wouldn't say top five Metallica, but it is up there. 
it's you know I I like the ballady style of it. It's very doomy at the start, and then the verse. The lyrics and the delivery of the lyrics kind of feel like this free-form lamenting that Hetfield's kind of doing. Like, it's just... It, there's, there's almost no direction to it. Like, th- there is, but once... Like, if you when you're first listening to it, it's just kind of all over the place. It's screaming about one thing. It'll scream about anything, and then there's a scream in the background, and then it's just going for it. Um... The one thing I don't like about this song is the chorus. I, I'm not a massive fan of the chorus. I don't think it works with the song. But the rest of the song, um, I, I really like the clean guitar riff in the middle with the with the little bend. Um, the volume swells um, with the bass riff kind of playing. Um, the solo is, I think there's a fuzz pedal over it or something, but man, it sounds cool with the fuzz. Um, and then it, and then it goes to, like, it stops, it kind of builds up, and then there's that half time that hits you, and the solo is just going over that, and that's just like, I, I left my body. Um, there's a very long outro solo as well, it's just all very emotional, very doomy, bit, bit Sabbathy, but like, kind of, it's just all this big ballad, and, um, I just realized I've been talking for like, five minutes and I have not made a decision. Help. And you're not making it any easier for me as well. Yeah. (laughs) I appreciate you doing all that because uh, if I look at My Friend of Misery, my favourite, one of my favourite moments on the Black Album is that clean break and uh, the first melodic part of the solo, not quite the main solo where it gets a bit more crazy with Hammett, but the whole... uh, That's one of my favourite moments on the Black Album, I think. God, I love it. So much clean break and that beautiful bass. Did you know it was actually meant to be... It was originally pitched to be an instrumental. Really? I think Newstead I has wondered, said an yeah, interview. Cause, huh. Yeah, because this is the first album without one. Yeah. Wait, no. Is there one on... Yes, of course there is one on there. You know what I just said there. Yes, so I could see where they went. Maybe we should add some lyrics to this. And I agree with what um, Imran said. The chorus isn't amazing compared to the rest of it because the rest of it yeah, has this style and the do-do-do-do, you know, quite flowing. And then it's like, misery! It's like... But at the same time, Metallica are very untouched now in terms of getting a catchy, chorusy thing going on. So it does work, even though it doesn't. If that makes sense. What you got, Jason? Yeah. Uh, have you been? Was Imran Spiel got a decision for you, Matthew? Because I'm sort of struggling. Ashes in your mouth. Imran's waiting for the time to run out on Zoom so he can get out of not saying anything. <laughs> None of us don't, have picked. That's interesting. Don't catch me out like that. <laughs> I'll go first. As much as I like Friend of Misery, Ashes in Your Mouth is a phenomenal Megadeth song, and I won't sleep on it. All right, no, that, good choice, and uh, I love the I love the dueling in the solo too that goes on there in run. That's a, a fun little moment yeah. too. Ah, harmonies, fantastic stuff. A little bit of a drum break, great. Ah, my Friend of Misery, can't look past it. My my Friend of Misery, got to do it. It's a split decision. I don't want to look past my friend of misery, but ashes in your mouth is kind of like, it's, it's like, it's like ashes. My friend of misery is five kilometers away and ashes in your mouth is 4.9 kilometers away. Go ahead and take That's, it. Go ahead. I, I don't want to. No ill will. Go ahead. Do what you need to do. <sighs> ashes in your mouth. Quick, move on. Hurry up. Certainly can, but no, great battle that one. Now, countdown to extinction, it's over. It's, it's been a very competitive battle getting here, but we got here. Now we just got one more question to ask, and Matthew, just to quickly explain it again, the gold star rule. 
Does the struggle within get it? So if it went up against any other countdown to extinction track, would it win? Would you actively seek out that song again? Is there any other reason why you think you would listen to it again? What do you think? Do, is it worth a bonus point to you? I'd say yes on the basis of the intro alone. Um, Metallica has experimented a few things like this. Uh, on Justice for All, they have that song that starts off with, oh, we um, Afraid ends oh, well, yeah, Thank you. And then it goes on to a song that does, doesn't even use anything of that intro. It doesn't really segue that well. And like this, it's like that intro is one of the one of the best I think they've done. They ah gets me hyped, and then the rest of it kicks in. And this is like the PG Hollywood remake of um, songs like Damage Incorporated to me. When Metallica trying to do this little thrash thing at the end with another little intro, and I like it. It's not a plus, but definitely good enough for a gold star, I'd say. As far as competing against other songs on the Megadeth, oh, hmm. It's not, it's not as good as Ashes of Mouth. It's way better than uh, Captive Honor and Psychotron and High Speed Dirt. It really uh, is, yeah, isn't yeah. it? You know what? Yeah, you know what? Yeah, you know what? No, I'd still put this. Um, maybe an odd way to end the album, you'd think with all the other, like the two ballads and stuff like that and the End of Sandman and Cyber True, they'd end on a different style, maybe a slower pace or something a bit more dramatic, I guess, because this is just a nice little thrash song. Um, but I still think overall, I like it. And that intro, I've just like, as soon as they get, you know, the rest of the song kicks in, I go back and hear it a few more times before hearing the, the, the song in full. So, You could probably make a case holier than thou could probably end it, based on that theory you just presented. Uh, yeah, maybe. What say you, Imran? Um, I'm fully pun intended struggling with this song um, to whether to give it a point or not. Um, I, I do like this song. I like, I wrote as well, it gave me a Justice vibe. Um, especially with the intro, got that war march kind of going. Um, and I like the, I like the pause, like the stop that they do before the verse comes in. Um, they do it like kind of like, it's like a verse chorus and then they pause, they do the but, and then it comes in. Um, I don't think it needed a solo. It's a short song. I think it would have been, if, if they were going to end the album with a short song, it should have been, you know, more punchier shorter i guess it's a short song already it's kind of it's very punchy it's very like in your face um kind of going for that i guess it's not a standout song it's not one i've always really seeked out um but it's it's a good song nonetheless this is one i'm not a massive fan of the chorus either um i don't mind it it's yeah it's it's kind of i don't know i feel like it's another one that doesn't really fit but or not even that it's just kind of it's just there. It's kind of underwhelming. It could have been part of the verse, honestly, but it's it's cool, but I don't know. I probably wouldn't seek it out again, so yeah, nah. Haha, <laughs> I'm so happy you heard Australia go, yeah, nah. <laughs> <laughs> ah, the struggle within. Would I seek it out again? Yeah, only if I was in the mood to listening to the Black Album. Does it beat... It, Matthew nailed it. High Speed Dirt, Psychotron, Captive Honor. It definitely beats those songs. I'd throw This Was My Life in it as well. I'm comparing it to other Metallica album closers. You're comparing it to Your Dyer's Eves, Call of Cthulhu, even Outlaw Torn and Fixer, I think, are better closers than this. 100%. Yeah. And this is my hot take. Damage Incorporated, I don't rate too much. So that's a... a you don't like Damage Inc.? That's a, do- that's a dodgy one. Oh. That's a dodgy call, but nah, Damn. too long of an intro. Too long of... Not much oh yeah, yeah, the, the, that that like nah, that whale long. noise doesn't do well, but yeah, that doesn't take away from the rest of the song though. 
Ah. Yeah, fair enough, I guess. Metal Militia, I'm also like, eh, it's oh, kind of on the same right, level yeah. as Struggle Within, so. Uh, oh, Metal Militia, come on! Ah, Seek and Destroy, I mean, should have ended on that. All of Kill em All is kind of the same song, essentially, but. I would love yeah. to hear a hair metal cover of Jump in the Fire. That'd be hilarious. Mm. Do, 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 do. Jump in the Fire! Something like that. That'd be hilarious. Talk about! Yeah, Motley exactly. I'd like to hear Megadeth cover uh, Four Horsemen. Oh, wait, sorry. sorry. Oh, wait. <laughs> <laughs> Struggle within. Da, da. Struggle within. I'm going to hold off, actually. So I think Matthew might be the only oh. one who's going to take give Struggle Within the yeah. gold star. Struggle Within. Yes. You got I appreciate the speed, and yeah, it is a fun intro. But I, I Metallica closed albums better than that, in my view. They have most definitely because I name dropped Outlaw Torn and Fixer, and I am a bit of a Imran and I are both Load Reload fans. It's just got me curious, Matthew. Your two cents? Load, lots of good stuff on there. Loads of really good stuff. Um, King Nothing. Yeah. Um, oh, that's so good. Bleeding uh, me. Oh my. Bleeding me. Bleeding no, no, me is a good the one. The first three quarters. The first three quarters of Load. If you took that and then the first quarter of Reload, took that together, it's an, it's an excellent album. Okay, then um, what about Fixer, the closer of Reload? Uh, nah. No, no, no. The, the, the last three quarters of everything but the first four songs of, <laughs> of, uh, really? of Reload, I'm like, I couldn't tell you which one was which. No, I, I think they're very uninspired. Whenever a band does this, and Metallica aren't the only ones who've done it, where they go, here's an album that, despite the title and quickness of its release, it's not the songs that weren't good enough to be on the previous album. No, no, no. That's always what it ends up as. System of a Down did it with um, Steal This Album right after Toxicity. No, it's not the... Yes, it was. Come on. Um, It's nowhere near as good. Uh, Ramstein did it when they did Riser Riser and then Rose and Rot, which is like, I hope you like ballads. And we're like, ugh, all right. Um, Yeah, not the only band guilty of doing it, but it's. I'm not going to sit here and go... I think it's rather rude sometimes some bands come out and go, no, no, they're just as good. That's why we waited a year and a half to soften the blow for releasing them. I I like still this album better than Toxicity, but that's a What are you talking about? It's a discussion for another day. This is a Metallica podcast. I think, Matthew, you're going to be coming back for a round three for that. (laughs) Steal this album. I mean, there's some good, there's some bangers on Steal This Album. Don't get me wrong. Hey, Mr. Jack. I-A-I-O-U. Yeah, hey, Mr. Jack, you know. Put your hands up, get out of the car. And all that stuff. It's a good, but Toxicity, album of the year, oh, what? That's a discussion for another day, man. I, Sis, where I, was album? I, where was System of Down Steal this album and album of hey, the year? Oh, hey two, man, oh, look, three. I said this on the Toxicity podcast. Me and Toxicity are best friends, but I think Steal this album are better. I'm, I can't speak about it. It's this is a Metallica and Megadeth podcast. It's <laughs> okay. System of a Down is. All right, Imran, if, for another hour. Do, if, if, if Matthew yeah. wants to come back for a round three, we'll do better run. this album versus yeah. something, I think. Uh, <laughs> other than that, we've finished uh, the Black Album Countdown to Extinction. Let's put these scores together, shall we? Oh, what's the scores, actually? Go on. Oh, you're curious, are you now? You're rubbing your yeah, hands. Yeah, I've, I've, been, I've been paying attention to the scores, so I'm actually, so I get surprised at the end. I'll say this, listeners, last time when I read out these scores, he was on the e- the ragged edge of his seat. He was hanging off every word I was ragged doing. Ragged edge, so, I like that. with myself, it was, uh, what was the score for me? It was, I think, 8 to 2. That doesn't sound right. 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9 to 2. There you go. That was, that's my Metallica Megadeth score. Bloody hell. That's a point to me. Even Listen, even if I got that wrong, which I'll correct in the outro if I did get that wrong, it's a Metallica win easy. Imran, 
Metallica. I'm actually going to just count this. One, two, three, four, five, six. To plays Megadeth. One, two, three, four, five. Yes, yeah, six, five, Metallica. So it's only it's only academic from here. Metallica have won it. But what is what was Matthew's score? Let's find out. He's got his eyebrows ready. He's ready. One. Megadeth. One, two, three, four. Plays Metallica. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Eight to four. <laughs> Clean, sweet, black album. I mean, that's what I mean. There's some bad timing. Like, again, there's some really good songs on this album. It's a very good... Um... There's some really good songs on the Megadeth album, but all the good songs went against some of the best ones Metallica have ever recorded. So I'm yeah. sorry, Dave. Yeah, and, and that's what's made me so salty about that. Foreclosure of a Dream went up against Unforgiven. Right? Uh, count, yeah. count, okay, I gave a point to Countdown to Extinction, so that's fine enough. Ashes in Your Mouth, that was a good close, but went up against My Friend of Misery. Sweating Bullets, I think, is more compa- is a competitive one to go against Wherever I it May Roam, but it's Wherever I May Roam. Come on. Right, through the never gets counted distinction again to me, it's like, oh come on. Could not give a point to both of them and you're like, no, that's not the sad, point of the podcast. It's sad but true up against um Symphony of Destruction. Like, Symphony. Geez, oh. That one was rough. There's blood on the canvas. Referee having to check after every song, make sure we can still carry on. Physician at ringside, getting it ready. Oh, what a bleak battle it was. But I'll say this though, it was nice to re-listen to the black album and again be reminded that it's okay, but I have changed so much since I listened to them. The Black Album is still so, so very good songs on it. Does it compare to the, st- the albums that came beforehand? Nah. Ooh, I'd say yes. Is it is it superior to pretty much every album that came after it? Uh, yes. So I think that's where Imran and I disagree. Actually. Oh, you wait, which which? Oh, that's interesting. Which 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 album would you put Black Album over the uh, previous albums? Kill them all. Uh, okay, yeah, uh, that's fair enough. Yeah, no, I'll agree with that. I put them at the same level. But- I wouldn't put Black Album over Ride the Lightning, Master, or Justice. I would put a couple of Black Album songs over Eye of the Beholder, uh, and maybe The Shorter Straw, but other than that, I think it, it struggles to oh, go up against Justice. I think it's it's touch and go between them two. Uh, yeah, it, it's not beating Ride the Lightning or Master of Puppets. Meanwhile, Countdown to Extinction. Listening to this, I love Rust in Peace. I love Peace Cells. Listening to this one for the first time, I thought, yeah, this is a good album. Doing this podcast has made me think, it peaked in the first half. I would much rather listen to Euthanasia than this. Hey, I like Euthanasia. I prefer it to Countdown. Addicted to Chaos, Train of Consequences, to Le Mans, in Fields. I thought I knew it all. That's an underrated one. The first half of that album and a few songs at the end are really good. I will admit, it does have one of the most uh, self-indulgent Dave Mustaine songs on it with Victory. It's just him <laughs> referencing every Megadeth song up until that point. Like, goodness me. Okay, Dave. Yeah. Now, I, I would I would take Euthanasia over Countdown. So that's my conclusion of it. But yeah, there you go. That's the battle. I don't know if I'd take Euthanasia over that. but Really? I, I think Countdown just beats it, but I do like Euthanasia. Uh, this is my first time listening to this album in full, and listening to all the songs, not just the singles. And yeah, liked it. it inconsistent, but that's what I know about Meta- uh, Megadeth. I wasn't like, I can't believe this uh, this song. He's really weird and singing and bleh, over. Like I know that's what I'm gonna get with him. But when all when all those things line up, it works really, really well. They're a big dumb metal band. It's it's nice almost to have that um, ability to just be non-ironic. This is what you see. It's what you get. There's no. 
Dave Mustaine, I guess he's the type of person who thinks the world disappears when he shuts his eyes and God love him for it. There's not enough of that, you know, like self-knowing nature and stuff like this. This is what people make fun of nowadays, but it was good to go back to this time when, yeah, I'm going to sing about this thing and treat it as seriously as life itself, no matter what that thing is. Countdown to Extinction celebrates 30 years this year. In fact, we're recording in the wake of it. What, what does it mean? What do you think it means to you guys? Well, Imran, what does it mean to you, Countdown to Extinction? It's... Honestly, this is not the main Megadeth album I ever really seeked out. Um, I I seeked out, you know, Rust in Peace, even Euthanasia. Um, I liked... Peace Cells, probably. Um, Peace Cells, that's what it's called. I blanked there for a second. Um, yeah, I'd seek out all of those before Countdown, but... Um, Foreclosure of a Dream, Symphony of Destruction... Um, songs like, yeah, Ashes in Your Mouth, um, songs like that always stuck with me. And, uh, yeah, and with that, and Metallica, Black Elm, they celebrated 30 years last year, and, I mean, they're the gateway for pretty much all of modern metal today, you know, they broke down the barriers so the rest could reap the rewards. Uh, to close up, we've got last couple of questions, top three from each, Matthew and Imran. I will say, uh... Nothing. Sorry, I had a moment of uh, not thinking there. I will say from the... I'll go back there first of all. He's really first thinking one. about it. Where have all my notes gone? Sorry, my cup of has been really slow. Uh, Ashes in your mouth. So wait, the title track and... Uh, Symphony of Destruction. Mm, don't want to say that. Doesn't matter. It's in my top three. Yeah, you know what? Oh, no, 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 no. Uh, sod that then. No, no, get the title track away. Foreclosure of a Dream. Yeah, I'm with you there. Symphony of Destruction, Foreclosure of a Dream, Countdown to Extinction. They're my top three from uh, that nice. album. Black album? Oh, of Wolf and Men. God, see, I'm still not sick of that song. Cause it's obviously not single. I mean, it was, whatever. I don't care. Uh, oh, my Friend of Misery, just because I couldn't vote for it. Oh, yeah. And, oh, God, what am I, God, this is tough, mate. You're not making it easy. Um... Uh, something making noises. Unforgiven. Before I go to you, Imran, that's very similar to mine as well, Matthew. Unforgiven, the god that failed, my friend of misery. Ah, fair. I think Countdown to Extinction is a bit easier for me. Symphony of Destruction, Foreclosure of a Dream, Ash in, Ashes in Your Mouth. Um, Black Album. Sad But True is easily in there. Um, and then probably Through the Never and Wherever I May Roam. And that's that's the top three. Now, just for just for fun, because we've got probably one of, probably our favourite guest that we had in the last year, Matthew. To, oh, just to you. wrap it up, because whether we do a part three, maybe not. Depends on Matthew's schedule. He's a very busy boy. He's got Botchamania and a lot of podcast commitments, and the blog of Doom, and catch him on Twitch as well. Oh. Uh, reading wrestlers books with Catboy Book Club. So to get a bit more what of, nice money, well. to get a bit more of a general gauge of your rock and roll music taste i thought we end on a cultaholic classic reese's pieces fastest thought oh, first matthew oh go ahead then go ahead nail it beetles or stones stones acdc or motorhead oh yeah. oh come on <laughs> oh, lad. acdc iron maiden oh. or judas priest i hate you i'm never coming to the show again um <laughs> iron maiden check out our podcast uh peace of mind versus streaming of vengeance for our thoughts on that oasis or blur Oh, blur. Easy. That nice people. Deftones or Tool? Deftones? Yeah, Deftones. Damn. That's a bit of heat with him around, I think. Nirvana or Foo Fighters? 
Uh, Foo Fighters. Alice in Chains or Soundgarden? Well, just because of present company, Alice in Chains. <laughs> hey, 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 no, no, don't. He don't loves Soundgarden, so he I'm looks here. like Chris Cornell anyway. <laughs> bon Jovi or Aerosmith? Uh, I thought we rate either of them. Um, Aerosmith. Led Zeppelin or Leonard Skinner? Ooh. I'll say Leonard because they didn't steal the songs. <laughs> Why does no one talk about that, by the way? Anyway, go on. I talk about that all the time. And we'll uh, wrap it up with the, the big four, Slayer or Anthrax. Oh, come on. Um, so we're talking about like, longevity versus how good... Ah, uh, uh, who Slayer? Matthew Gregg, <laughs> you are an absolute blast to talk to. It's amazing you, that you came on a second time. You really didn't have to. Thanks for joining us. Oh, bless you. And uh, you did ask me as well if there's any music I'm listening to or current rock, metal, bands, Yeah, whatever. give us some recommendations. Uh, Recommend the hell up, Mutoid Man. Pigs, 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 pigs. They're a local northeast local band. They're very rough. That's what I like. They're like a bunch of pigs. Uh, Polyphia. Because, God, I can't even... Someone like Imran would be better describing the, the, the stuff and effort they put Wait, into Polyphia. their work there. Cause, Polyphia, yes. Oh, them. Okay, yes, yes, yes. Oh, good. Did I say, that, did I say it wrong? I probably did. Uh, and Carbonate Brute. Uh, brutally heavy. Very, um, not metal per se, but very heavy. Um... Techno? Is that the music? Actually, I don't know what genre they would be. Oh, whatever. Listen to them. They're great. Uh, yeah, there's some people I thought I'd recommend. And uh, I'm not affiliated with them in any way. I'd like to be. I'd be nice. Seen the state of them. But no, so I'll plug them um, and prove I listen to more than just uh, struggle within on repeat. So, yeah. <laughs> thank you very much. You guys are very good at what you do. It's been great setting the scene, talking the music. You're very, obviously very well-versed in the subjects. Uh, I appreciate you want to do this in the morning. I'm sorry you guys probably want to go to bed now, probably past your bedtime, but I appreciate that because usually it's usually, hey, can I stay up till 3 a.m.? And I'm like, oh, God. Yeah, sure. But no, so I'm wide awake here early morning. I've got my dog. I've got my cat earphones. Even the guy who was washing the windows was like, yeah, I love Metallica as well. I'm like, sure, go away. <laughs> um, so thank you very much, Jim Ryan and Jason. Uh, and all the best to you. And thank you for the pig. <laughs> That's an off-air in-joke. Uh, I'll maybe explain it in the outro. Oh. Matthew, you're the best. Thanks. Imran, till the next battle. Till the next battle. If you like a lot of metal. <laughs> a toot limon. Metallica has won it, but I would think Matthew and Imran's final scores are the more accurate representation of what it's like trying to split between these two albums. If Metallica were going to clean sweep... They were going to work for it, regardless if I thought Countdown to Extinction petered out in the back half. It was a lot of fun to have Matthew on for a second battle on the standoff, and he even told us off-air, should the schedules line up just right, he'd be happy to come back for round three, and hopefully we can find just the right battle for him to make that happen in the future. But obviously, schedules and time zones, we're going to have to... But no, it was very exciting to have him back on. And it was also off-air, in fact, where the pig reference came from, in, while we were bantering about off-air, we were, I showed him the, the famous AFL clip, the AFL moment of uh, Plugger the Pig that uh, was brought onto the SCG back in 1993, you know, where that famous call by Sandy Roberts, there is a pig at full forward, just puts the exclamation mark of it all. I always laugh when I watch that clip. It is comedy gold. That's Australia to a T, I would say, to any international listeners there. And that wasn't all. I spent... A vast majority of that recording, recording this podcast, 
any time, chance I had off air, I was trying to get Matthew to pick an AFL team by the end of the night. And, well, based on this uh, audio here, Matthew did make his decision, and it was just before Imran and I hung up. And going by this audio that I'm about to play for you here, I've now come to the realisation that corruption is a much easier thing to come by than you first imagine it. The thing, um, who's my ASL team? Oh, yeah, who are you going to pick? You tell me. I've got uh, to pick between, the AFL uh, team. Um, AFL team. I can't campaign for Essendon anymore after Jamie Elliott on Sunday. Collingwood beat Essendon on, after the siren last Sunday, so I'm still a bit shattered by that. But uh, I'm an Essendon fan. We've had a shit year this year. But, uh, oh, well. Oh, come on, you pick a team for yourself. I'm, just as long as you don't pick Collingwood, I'll be happy. Or Carlton. Essendon. All right. Yeah. Essendon. Uh, <laughs> Essendon Bombers. The Bombers. There yes. you go, Black Motorhead. Go Bombers. Um, the club's won by McCracken. That's got to... Whenever I hear Dan on the podcast, the new guy, give him a mic, first of all. And two, his last name's Heppel, so I always think of our captain right now, Dyson Heppel. <laughs> uh, love it. No, I, I'm going to go with the, the Bombers myself. That's on record. Bomb- I'm sending that to... Oh, no. Because I, I, I bomb on a regular basis on the podcast, so yeah. makes sense. We're, we're kind of <laughs> like Arsenal, basically. I think that's how... Oh, no, wait. Do you like Arsenal? No, 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 no. no, no, no. What I mean oh. by that is like we, we're tied for the most premierships, but we haven't oh. had any final success in decades. So that's, I think, where the Oh, you never, and you never shut the f*** up about it. I see. You're just like Arsenal, right? <laughs> Sorry. Going. Anyway. Well, Imran, make a case for Hawthorne then. Come on. They won three premierships in a row. After that, I stopped following AFL. Yep. Because there, there really wasn't much to top that. So, I get you. Like, after three premierships, they weren't going to win a fourth, right? So, it's very true. They almost did, but Isaac Smith yeah. missed it. Semi final. Get in. Yeah. <laughs> I, I just started, you know, nah. playing guitar instead. <laughs> no, nah. I'm a big fan of the unappealing Guernseys. <laughs> Which the one's the most strap. unappealing? Good God, they're all rubbish, aren't they? Uh, <laughs> oh, come on. The sash. Oh, no, we have, on the we, sash. We, we, we've, uh, we've got a fair amount of ones in our, in our neck of the woods anyway. So, uh, uh, Hawthorne, Hawthorne used to cop a lot of uh, pee and poo colours. So, yeah. <laughs> don't, don't go for Hawthorne. Just go for Essendon. There you go, everybody. That was just for the footy fans out there who might be listening in. And uh, just just for a little bit of transparency here, the sense of bleep, not only was that just for swearing, but I also named a couple of third parties. I just thought it wouldn't be fair to uh, name them on podcast without their knowledge. So that was the reason for that little sense of bleep there. But there you have it. Matthew Gregg, the man behind Botchamania, Coltolic Wrestling Podcast. I'll tell you where you can find him in a minute. But he is extremely tentatively donned the sash and uh, now supports the Essendon Football Club of the AFL. Oh, ballsy, ballsy move, Matthew. Uh, if anyone else out there would like to give him feedback on this decision, you can find him on Twitter at Greg. That's M-A-F-F-E-U-G-R-E-G-G. And his Twitch channel. Be sure to check out the Twitch channel. Botch. That's Botch. M-A-F-F-E-W-Botch on Twitch. And on those, you can get live streams of reading restless books pretty much and that's where the catboy headphones came from catboy book club reading restless books every sunday night annoyingly for me here in australia that's 5 a.m here so time zones haven't worked out in my favor in that regard but they do work out to get him on for a great podcast so there's always a consolation in the end but his main content lives on youtube the aforementioned series Botchamania, long-running series in the wrestling community, stalwart since 2006-2007. It's great to see 15 years of the running of Botchamania 
giving us great laughs and great memories as being a wrestling fan. And if you want his weekly takes of the current of ongoing wrestling, current wrestling today, be sure to go to the Cultaholic Wrestling Podcast every Friday. Him and Ross Tweddle and Jack the Jobber break down the week and share some fun little stories about Newcastle upon Tyne. You can hear even more Reese's pieces than the one we just did and maybe have it a bit more wrestling centric. Or if you need to stray away from wrestling, if you so wish, maybe uh, twist it in such a way so that Scott Steiner becomes the new singer of Megadeth. Let's have them envision that. Scott Steiner, singer for Megadeth. That should be a, a wonderful visual that would create great discussion. I never miss it, and after this, I'm going to try and get Imran into it. So yeah, Cultaholic Wrestling Podcast every Friday on Cultaholic Wrestling. As for this show, all of our episodes can be found wherever you get your podcasts, and you can keep up to date with the pod via Facebook, facebook.com forward slash metalstandoffpod, and check out the main metal show that we record in conjunction with Mosh Pit every Thursday night at 8pm on SYN 90.7 DAB+, or from syn.org.au on your preferred device. And also, our digital feed also goes through iHeartRadio. So if you have the iHeartRadio app, you'll be able to get Sin Media and listen to your heart's content over there. Plus, follow Mosh Pit's Facebook at facebook.com forward slash Mosh Pit on Sin, Sin spelled S-Y-N, for weekly playlist updates and polls where you can have your say on the albums that we put against each other on the standoff. Thanks again to Matthew for coming back on. Looking forward to hearing from you again in the next podcast, Imran. That's all for now. Until next time, metal up your ass.